And ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No. Because I'm going to get him. There's nothing new under the sun, right? Nothing new under the sun. We could talk about Trump. We could talk about Hillary Rodham. Well, Hillary Diane Rodham, the witch Clinton. We could talk about her infirmities, her impairments, her obvious impairments, couldn't we? We could talk about uh, Trump's mental health, which everyone seems to be focusing on, right? We could We could do that entire political gambit. But, you know, there is nothing new under the sun, is there? Um, now, have we ever seen an election like this before in American political history? I, 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 I suppose if we go back far enough, we've probably seen everything. Again, nothing new under the sun. It's, uh, it's an amazing time in which we live. I, I had the opportunity to speak with uh, Judy McLeod, editor, founding editor of Canada Free Press today, at length. And, uh, she's, she, uh, watch, her watchful eyes from the Canadian North, eh? Looking at the American political landscape and saying, you guys, you guys are in trouble. And to the extent that there are a lot of things wrong with what we are seeing, everything is not as it appears, and it's the same old people in power, at least the societies. And, and this is where the secret societies come into play. This is where, you know, Paul McGuire so eloquently speaks about secret societies. This is where Paul McGuire talks about the Illuminati, he talks about the CFR, talks about all of the different parts, moving parts to what's behind the curtain in this country. Folks, you're listening to the Hagman and Hagman Report today. I'm Doug Hagman at the helm, fellow investigator, researcher. My son, Joe Hagman. Together we are the Hagman and Hagman Report, something I like to call America's premier father-son investigator reporting team. To that extent, go to hagmanandhagman.com. There you can select your venue. We proudly broadcast our, our flagship home is the Global Star Radio Network. Folks, that's the place to be. You've got... Uh, the big talkers, Dave Hodges and Ted Brower and so many others, us. And then you've got, uh, you've got talkers and more talkers. <laughs> we are, we're also simulcast on BTR and we're also live and in living color. That's right. Don't adjust your set. We have to adjust the lights. Michael Savage was saying he was at this radio station, Eric. You'll enjoy this. He was at a radio station and I think it was Monday's program. He said, you know, they could never get the, the lights right. Uh, he said, I looked like I was always in a snowstorm. I thought of you when I heard that, Eric. Wow. Now, again, that's not called for. Those, those hands, I'm just, you know, folks, I'm kidding. Okay. Uh, I, I'm, I'm kidding around. Um, 
but uh to 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 that end you know we we uh we 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 have a lot of fun here and uh joe it's it's again you know nothing new under the sun and people are are tuning in to get these real information as opposed to the spoon-fed corporate pa- uh mainstream pablum that we're seeing and it's this political theater football arena arena football we still have that arena football I don't, I don't know uh, if we do an eerie, but it's still around, and you're uh, right. But anyway, it's, it's, that's it all is it is, right? Just political theater, but it's a a new level of political theater. Yeah, I mean, when you see, and some of the things we're going to touch on again today is, uh, at least in this in the next segment, is the violence against Trump supporters, uh, the media bias against Trump versus that of Clinton. We got some new information about Hillary Clinton on uh, the email scandal. The section mean, okay, 811 no, of the no, intelligence. No, no, Tomorrow we got Greg Jackson coming in, but we have to start. I, I think we have to practice. We have to practice using certain words and phrases. And I think that goes for everybody. The Hillary Clinton email scandal. I think it's a crime. So why don't, why don't yeah. we change? Let's, the Hillary let's, Clinton email crime, crime, crime information. And it's actually um, new information's come out that under Section 811 of the Intelligence Authorization Act of 1995 deals with espionage was the first reason why uh, officials started to look into Hillary Clinton's emails, private email server, which it takes it to a whole other level. We know when we talk about treason and espionage, those are one and the same. Uh, you know, the working for a foreign government while employed by a separate uh, government. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. It is espionage, which is treason in this country. And uh, as WikiLeaks has promised, they're still you know, releasing info on Hillary Clinton and the Muslim Brotherhood connections. But there's an, an interesting uh, new information that's come out, and this speaks to the character and darkness of Hillary Clinton. As a child rape victim comes forward, Hillary Clinton is a liar who does not care about women and children. In... 1980s, as a young lawyer in Arkansas, Hillary Clinton took a case which she represented a man accused of raping a 12-year-old girl. Oh yeah, yeah. I've, I, I, we talked about this. In fact, I talked about this on one of your days off when you were uh, when you had back surgery. I talked about this. Well, the young woman has come out publicly. Okay, all right. And um, she has gone on record, given her name, um, and she basically says that Hillary Clinton is not for women and not for children. Kathy Sheldon yep. Uh, yep. was a child rape victim who 40 years ago was uh, in uh, was sexually attacked and Hillary Clinton represented the rapist and there was an interview obtained by the Washington Free Beacon where Hillary Clinton discussed the case with Arkansas journalist Roy Reed. Yep. Do you remember the case where I represented that guy? It was a fascinating case. The guy was accused of raping a 12-year-old girl. Of course, he claimed that he didn't all of this stuff. He took a lie detector test, and I had him take a polygraph, which he passed, which forever destroyed my faith in polygraphs, right. followed by laughter. Yeah. Hillary goes on to describe how the man got off by taking a plea deal with time served in county jail. Well, the victim has come out, and um, she says, as a child rape victim... She cannot forgive Hillary Clinton for defending her rapist in court 40 years ago, saying the Democratic presidential candidate attacked her credibility despite knowing that her assailant was guilty and later laughed about it in a taped interview. Katie Sheldon was just 12 years old when a 41-year-old drifter 
raped her on the side of a desolate Arkansas road in 1975. Now, four decades, decades later, she has agreed to be named and pictured for the first time. Okay, now, if you, if you don't, I mean, if you don't mind, allow me to set the stage here, because we're talking about 1975. A guy by the name of Thomas Alfred Taylor. This guy was a 41-year-old uh, piece of, mm-hmm. and I'm sorry. Uh, no, I'm not sorry. He's a factory worker. Well, okay, and he, and he and he's he vapor locked some time ago. All right, so he, he's he's beyond he's earth temperature. He's worm food. But but he, he, a 41 year old guy he was accused of raping and beating the living daylights out of a 12 year old girl. Now this guy, not not, and again we spoke about this. I spoke about this on this program. This guy specifically, he, he said, "Here's what I want to do." Now, 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 now think about this because this is evil personified. I want to be represented by a female attorney. Okay, now, before that last syllable of attorney came out, Hillary's arm was up. I want to, I'll, I'll take it. Okay. So brutal was the assault on this young girl. The victim spent five days in a coma. And months, months upon months upon months recovering from the physical beating that she took that accompanied the rape and over 10 years in psychotherapy and at the at the time of the attack the doctors told her that she would probably be she probably never be able to have children and Hillary Clinton comes in knowing for certain that her client was guilty of this crime she made it clear years later when she when she discussed the case as you as you had pointed out there was an Arkansas journal uh, journalist Roy Reed, as you mm-hmm. as you mentioned, and uh, of course that was the, the the remark about the lie detector. But notwithstanding of of this guy's guilt, this witch Hillary obtained a plea bargain for Taylor by taking advantage of a prosecutorial error. Now, I understand. Okay, I do. I I fully understand that we have to you know dot the i's and cross the t's. But when you've got clear cut case of guilt. The prosecutors had, here's what they did. Okay, the prosecutor, and, and I don't know if you know the backstory of this, but a little bit. Okay, the prosecutors had cut out and examined a blood-soaked section of this perpetrator's underwear. Not, uh, uh, okay. It, 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 that proved his guilt, but then discarded the fabric. The tested fabric, leaving the remaining part of the garment for further testing. Well, that's a no-no. Even back in 1975, you have to have access to the tested piece. Mm-hmm. All right. So the defense, Hillary, Diane Rodham, the witch, the the child rapist uh, enthusiast. That's right. I said it. Said okay, foul. You know, threw the threw the flag out. Because of this misstep, Hillary sensed this opportunity to have the evidence dismissed. Yep. Pressed for a plea deal and got that. That's the backstory. Go ahead and continue. And if that doesn't, yeah, have, you know, um, chap your lips, I don't know what will. Taylor ended up pleading down to unlawful fondling of a minor and served less than a year in prison after Clinton was able to block the admission of forensic evidence that linked her client to the crime. Now, it's, I want to, be clear here. It's one thing for a lawyer to defend somebody. 
it's another thing for a lawyer to make jokes about it, to laugh about it, especially when the victim is knowingly guilty and to, you know, to make humor. And this vic- the victim, even after all this time, she's 54 years old now. Right. And she even says, it's put a lot of anger back in me. Now the 54-year-old in an interview uh, in Arkansas's home in August says, every time I see Clinton on TV, I just want to reach in there and grab her, but I can't do that. I know, the TV won't allow it. (laughs) But she goes on to state and and claim how, uh, and goes after what Clinton says, that she is a lifelong defender of women and children. And this is one example of that. And she's come forward to, to explain to people and speaking out that she is not for women, not for children, and and there's more information that I have on that. Well, you on know, a different. Well, wait a second before you change topics, because there's another aspect of this. Because not only did did Hillary Clinton go for the win, she went for the kill, and here's how she went for the kill on this 12 year old girl. She took this 12 year old girl, put her on the stand, and. and and, and questioned her honesty, questioned her motives, questioned her sexuality, insinuated that she was promiscuous at 12 years old, said that she was un, emotionally unstable with a tendency, and, and I quote this, with a tendency to seek out older men and engage in fantasizing. Hey ladies, you, you how, how you liking Hillary? Hmm. You, you still you, is that okay with you? Yeah, you know. And, and today, Gary Bauer uh, from America Values Action released a video highlighting Clinton's statements on the issue of abortion, where the short video clip shows Clinton saying four different statements. One, I would like to see Planned Parenthood get even more funding. Oh, yeah. Two, deep-seated cultural codes, religious beliefs, and structural biases have to be changed. Three, the unborn person does not have constitutional rights. And four, the only people that I would ever appoint to the Supreme Court are people who believe that Roe v. Wade is settled law. You, you know, and this is important because we're going to get into... Boy, uh, what Trump said today about Supreme Court justices and and the what would happen if Hillary Clinton was elected? Okay, but we're gonna but, continue to look but, at this but with, with with this with this particular case too, and 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 her connection and Hillary's connection to Sanger, uh, folks, and, and every and our audience is very intelligent. Uh, every each and every one of you are, are so intelligent. You know, you know really what the facts are. You know that Sanger wanted to exterminate every black person out there, right? And There's no question about it. And everybody, and every... She openly talked about it. Oh, yeah. And if the impaired infirmed, let's just kill the babies, the unborn babies. But it's important for people to understand, and I really, truly believe this, and I think the evidence would bear this out. Again, there's nothing new under the sun. There were child sacrifices, you know, with the Druids and, and the pagans. Every 
Planned Parenthood, in my view, and I've got I've got to couch this with in my view because there are so many people out there with lawyers and and you know that we want that want to soak us dry and sue us and take us to the cleaners and oh you hurt my feelings so I'm just going to throw a lawsuit at you and yeah that's the environment in which we live today but let me tell you something you're not going to shut us up you never will shut us up and you come after us you keep coming after us and we're going to keep exposing each and every one of you. But this Hillary Rodham, Diane Rodham, the witch Clinton, um, I, I truly believe the, the Planned Parenthood, the, the, these abortions are sacrificial abortions mm-hmm. to the God, small g, Moloch. And people better understand, Christians better understand what's going on here. This is not just merely an, in, uh, an abortion mill, a, a murdering mill, but no, this is, this is a sacrifice to the god, small g, of these animals, these, these, these people in power like, uh, and, and soon it's, I believe soon to be power like Hillary, Diane Rodham, the witch Clinton. Go ahead. Well, when we talk about there's nothing new under the sun, this is definitely, uh, one thing that is very biblical, where it talks about ancient civilizations from Babylon to um, all the way up till America today, where they had the where the satanic elite have been uh, sacrificing children to Moloch and Hillary Clinton in her own email. What was the email that was found there? She said, "I'm going to grab my rabbit's foot and yeah, as go, I go sacrifice, uh, sacrifice a, chicken a chicken in my backyard to Moloch." See, yeah, and this is very biblical. Right, and and but but see, people Joe, people say, "Oh, well, they they just just joking around." Yeah. Oh, okay, the substance of the joke. You've, in order to make a joke like that, you've got to have the familiarity with the topic, and and uh, you know, uh, of course, I mean, and ninety nine point nine percent of the people understand this. Now, um, um, for those of you you know who live in Hattiesburg, we might have to explain this a little bit more deeply and more carefully. Perhaps even write this out in crayon or talk very slowly. Use small words. Now, having said that, or even Port Huron, wherever you might be, but this, Joe, this is sickening to the max. But, but you know, none of this is being covered by the news. Now, Paul, if we can just jump in here, Paul McGuire has something to say about uh, the news and Hagman and Hagman and how we do things. I love Paul McGuire. Um, I think this might be a good time just to have Paul weigh in. Paul, let's weigh in on uh, on your thoughts here about uh, the news. Why isn't there some great leader coming? There, there is not. It's up to you and I, you know, mm-hmm. a Gideon's band, a remnant, and we can change the direction of America. But it's going to require being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, a total revolutionary, radical commitment to Jesus Christ, and using your mind like God intended you to use it, which means raise the level of your intelligence and quit thinking like some little immature nine-year-old and learn to use discernment whether it comes to political candidates or career choices or whatever, crying out loud, this is the last year we've got. It's it's now or never. What happens this year in 2000... Clip two, two. Let's go to clip two as well, Paul. Paul, you're on a roll. Go ahead. stories of vital importance, but the media ignores these thousands of stories of vital importance to give you the same drumbeat propaganda from channel to channel to dumb you down. 
but you listen to the Hagman and Hagman report, you're going to be experience a riptide of diverse information from challenging thinkers who will shake, rattle, and roll your consciousness for the purpose of growth. And that's what it's all about. If you want to stay in the safety zone, then get a pair of diapers and sit in a cradle or a corner and you know and, and be a little kid the rest of your life. 2016, if you say you love your children, if you say you love God, then you're either in the game or not in the game. And to be in the game means you've got to actually get up, call on the power of God, use the mind of Christ, and then iron sharpens iron. You have to do whatever it takes to get your mind up to speed to be able to be effective. There are a thousand stories. Now, if that doesn't put a rocket in your back pocket, I don't know what will. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for checking in, Joe. Continue, sir. And what we're we're talking about here is the the character of Hillary Clinton from uh, what we talked about at the beginning of the show, defending a child known child rapist who is guilty and laughing about it, to her stance on abortion rights. And for those of you who may have joined us late, just a few of the four comments uh, that was put together in a video by a one Gary Bowers American Values Action uh, video that was released today. She said, deep-seated cultural codes, religious belief, and structural biases have to be changed. And also that the only people that I would ever appoint to the Supreme Court are people who believe that Roe v. Wade is settled law. And last but not least, the unborn person does not have constitutional rights. Now, a former, no, no, wait a second. Who said this? Hillary Clinton. Okay. So let's let let's go ahead and parse these phrases, if you don't mind. Well, there's four. Okay. I would like to see Planned Parenthood get even more funding. All right. Second, deep-seated cultural codes, religious beliefs, and structural biases have to be changed. And there is uh, a, the former uh, senior fellow Charlemagne, or I'm sorry, Charmaine Yost, the former president of United Way for Life, says when Hillary Clinton says that religious beliefs have to be changed, she means the mainstream American voters' deeply held religious beliefs, not uh, hers, okay. especially on the issue of life and the kind of justices who will be appointed to the Supreme Court. Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump are directly opposite. This will be a mobilizing issue as more religious voters are educated about her record on abortion extremism. And this video, again, that Gary... Uh, Bowers American Values Action have released highlights Clinton uh, Clinton's extremist abortion extremist views in a way uh, that the mainstream media does not and will not show and it's an only a one minute video so I suggest people watch it and she also stated that the only people she would appoint to the Supreme Court are those who believe that Roe v. Wade is settled law. Now we have talked about this at length. Um, you know how the just the, the Supreme Court justices are making illegal law through their ruling. With you. <laughs> I'll call Hillary's doctor. All right. Um, and we got more on that too because there is oh yeah some footage has well, come well, out. Well, Judy know. McLeod and I were talking. We want to know, and and I'm going to since we're going to toss this out to, to to our audience. All right. If you can identify, now I know the conservative treehouse identified, supposedly identified, or suggested the identification of, um, mm-hmm. of the, of the medicine man. Hill, uh, or, uh, Judy McLeod had talked about this, or written about this in a column at CanadaFreePress.com. Go visit uh, CanadaFreePress.com. But, there's something, we, we need to identify this guy. We yeah. need to, I, and, and folks out there, I mean, you, look, you're a lot smarter than we are when it comes to, 
You know. Some say he's a secret service agent. Some say he's a doctor. Some say he's a, her personal handler, as in um, yeah. that she's in some state of hypnosis and that he is the doctor that, you know, uh, it has been taken care of her. I There's think footage that's come out from the DNC. What is Oabunga uh, uh, Oabunga or something like the conservatives? And I'm not trying to, I'm not making fun. Look, I'm not making fun of heritage. I can't pronounce the name that the conservative treehouse identified him as or potentially as, but we need to find out who this guy is. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, the end of the Democratic National Convention, there's footage of him holding a flashlight in front of her, showing her where to walk. And there, well, that's you not do that the first me sometimes. <laughs> well, that's only when you, you know, tend to get in the wrong cars and. Well, that's uh, pretty much every other week, you know, stray off the path. But from <clears throat> the diazepam pen. Yeah, I want one of those. Or, or, the, how do you get one of them? Just the the close nature this guy has with Hillary Clinton and has had since, you know, she was released from the hospital after the apparent blood clot and fall uh, in 2012 and the release of early 2013, photos of him in the front seat in at the hospital that mm-hmm. picked up Hillary Clinton um, to just a few weeks ago when animal rights activists interrupted a, a rally she was holding and she had a look of almost terror on her face when when she heard the uh, shouts from the crowd come out and you see that man, you know, grab her and touch her and get real close to her and says, keep talking. There's something, wow. there's something wrong with her reactions in the media that we've seen as of late. And there was a, a brand new release video of how she loses her train of thought uh, in the middle of a sentence. Now, well, I we can't th- talk. <laughs> yeah, I can't put yeah. it down for that because Guilty. that happens a lot. Um, but see, this is a, a pattern of behavior that we are witnessing from Hillary Clinton. It's a pattern of unstable behavior from the fear aspect. Essentially guilty as well. From the, uh, just the absurdities we've seen in her reactions just are, are so much different from the normal human being. Uh, and every other candidate from, you know, all the Republican candidates to, uh, Bernie Sanders himself, you don't see behavior like this from somebody who is about to become president of the United States. And if you allow this person to become this unstable person, if this media is right and the the people who are uh, taking closer looks at the fumble she's had recently, how can we elect her as president and feel safe knowing she could fly off at the handle or not know what she's doing when she takes action at any given moment? Folks, we'll be right back. Stay with us. We should be playing the candy man, Ken. <laughs> Hagman and Hagman coming at you full speed ahead. Saddled for battle today. We're loaded for bear talking about a number of things. The mass media, corporate media won't, never will. Tomorrow night, uh, Greg Jackson is going to be talking the first two hours talking about words and phrases that should never go together. You know, things like, um, oh, homosexual marriage. Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah that's Even true. the name, Barack Obama, as I talked to him earlier. Well, he said we need to call him by then his real name, Barry, Barry Satoro. Yeah, yeah, you know, and and that's the thing people don't get. 
uh, people, conservatives laughed at us back in 2008 when we said, look, there's no evidence that, that Barry Satoro ever changed his legal name to Barack Hussein Obama. Well, how can that be? No, we can't do this. We have to fight him on the issues. Let's not go into conspiracy territory. Let's do this. And how, how, how'd that work out for y'all? Hmm? Yeah. Well, you know, here it is. In 2016, it's do or die. We, 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 we don't live in a democracy. We live in a representative, constitutional republic, representative republic. People need to understand that. And, uh, and again, the, the theme of the program tonight is, uh, nothing new under the sun. But that doesn't mean you can turn us off and, and not listen because there's a lot of things new here that we will disclose. By the way, I was on with, uh, John Moore this morning on the Liberty Man Radio, RBN. Mm-hmm. I was on for an hour talking about my book, Stained by Blood, and uh, actually we just kind of had a conversation about, uh, the, w- the way it turned out was a conversation about being investigators. And it, was, it, it was interesting how our lives had, had paralleled. Of course, he's got, you know, he, he went to Vietnam, I did not, and he had uh, decorated a soldier in Vietnam, endured the Tet Offensive, and and uh, he's John Moore is a, a, just a tremendously good guy, um, great investigator. And of course, so we had a good hour today. So I'm kind of psyched up after that. Of course, folks, don't forget, we are, we are television stars. Well, not really. We, we, we made our we, television we, debut. Well, we with did. Paul Begley's did. Becoming Apocalypse yeah. on channel 367 on DirecTV. And a number of other channels. I don't know, mm-hmm. like 1.5 or 2 million people saw us and, that was the local market. Five turned us off, but <laughs> yeah. Anyway. And and part two that's coming up on the Friday, yeah. August twelfth, eleven thirty yeah. p.m. on yeah. channel three sixty seven Eastern. So set your DVR Eastern. for yeah. those of you who have Directv, or and check if you out don't, part two. I don't know. You can probably get it before then. But no, it was it was fun. And, and Pastor Paul Begley and his wife Heidi, what gracious and warm, wonderful people. We love them and. um just a tremendous i mean what a great program that paul's got and yeah and and what's really interesting is the uh next two shows after our last shows air last show airs this friday mm-hmm. are paul's wife heidi and her oh. testimony about the journey she went through to find her father riveting actually her book um it's it's a great book uh finding my father mm-hmm. just go to uh PaulBegleyProphecy.com, I believe, or uh, the coming apocalypse. But grab a hold of that book. It, it's it's to me. I, I mean, I I read it in an after. I think I read it the uh, coming back from Indianapolis. It was just it's a very quick read, but it's a very very important read. But to hear her tell it, like we, wow, fantastic. So it's a very yeah, powerful story. Very powerful. But but let, let's let's talk about the yak. Uh, where'd that come from? Why the yak? I don't know. Maybe that'll catch on. The yak. You've got the communist, the unabashed, unapologetic communist, Hillary, Diane, Ronald, the witch Clinton. The yak. I'm going to call her that. The yak. The yak. I don't know why. All right. Eric, Eric, the tech said thumbs up. It's good. It's good to go. All right. Photoshop is, is in, he's doing the Photoshop stuff now. And speaking of that, if you do see any images of my head on, on like, you know, in, in I'm not going to go there. I'm just, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But, all right, well, let's, let's get into this, uh, because this is important stuff. This is really important stuff. And folks, if you get a chance, go to CanadaFreePress.com and check out, Hil- um, yeah, Hillary, check out the medicine man, uh, 
it's America and not Hillary Clinton who needs the medicine man. But within that that article, as well as others Judy has written, we do want to know who this guy is, this this black man that's around Clinton with the uh, her handler, her, her coach, her doctor, doctor, um, her voodoo. Uh, and, and don't forget now, uh, where did... Okay, here, here's a trivia question. Where did Hill and Billery... <laughs> that was intentional. Where did Hill and Billery uh, spend their honeymoon? Do you know? Jeopardy music, Stop, please. Uh, Saudi Arabia. No, Haiti. And it wasn't doing missionary work, either. No, they went to Haiti. And it's interesting because it was for the tourism, right? It was, yeah, and and I think I think there were some shrunken heads involved, and I don't know, but Haiti's uh, one of the voodoo capitals of the world. Uh, yeah, and Maria Canis, author of Prepare for Persecution, had done some research on that. Sent sent some email to me and you and us and about that about the the voodoo and and Hillary the witch and. Uh, so, I mean, this goes back into 1975, because they got married in 75, right after she celebrated the, uh, uh, the, getting, getting the, uh, the, that, uh, child rapist, you know, off, um, uh, the sexual, uh, case that, that we talked about earlier in the first segment. If you didn't catch the first segment, go back and listen to that. It's important. And of course, we were talking about, uh, Thomas Alfred Taylor, a 41 year old, uh, uh, rapist, convicted rapist, admitted rapist, and uh, admitted uh, child beater, molester of a 12-year-old lady who has not come, or 12-year-old girl at the time has not come forward. Yeah, and, uh, but Hillary Clinton yeah. represented this rapist, and, and, you know, there's nothing really wrong in that when you look at it legally, but the no, fact that she no, laughs no. about it yeah, uh, in interviews and that she basically states she knew he was guilty, followed by laughing about it, um, then saying she's a champion of women and children, well, the victim has, has finally come out and said enough is enough. Uh, she's basically a horrible person for what she's done to me. And people need to understand that this woman is not who she says she is. And the proof yeah. is in her work, the proof in her own words uh, from her emails. But it's uh, in her actions. But see, in, now, now I, I wonder, should we call uh, Melissa uh, Harris Perry? Should we call her? Or should we call, uh, who's that other one on MSNBC? What's her name? Rachel Maddow. Yeah, Rachel Maddow. Should we call Rachel? Hey, Rachel. I mean, you know, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I'd really like to have a conversation with uh, Melissa Harris-Berry. But, but yeah. So, Clinton the Yak. All right. All right. Here we go. So, continue. Well, are you um, going to be all right? I don't know. I'm wondering about you. Oh, I I haven't. I did. No one gave me my shot of diazepam pen thing, whatever. So, well, it's the black uh, guy didn't come over and you know give me a and say keep talking or whatever. We we covered the uh, Hillary Clinton uh, abortion extremism in the first segment, Uh and um, there's some some controversy uh, coming out from a a Trump rally today. Where Trump made a comment, maybe Second Amendment people could stop Clinton from picking judges. Now that's the title of this article, but I want to get into this a little bit because this is being taken way out of context. Because I actually heard the speech or the the section of the speech um, as I was on my way to the studio and running errands today, and I didn't think 
anything of it when I heard it. And then I come in and I see this firestorm of people saying he's calling for her assassination. And Well, if that's the case, you remember the Glenn Beck and, and uh, Brad Thor incident where he said somebody needs to step up and, and remove Trump and they should have a revolution. Oh, and of there's course, he's other, a novelist in Brad Thor. Uh, right. I, I, I've talked to Brad Thor in the past. Well, there's other instances and, uh, where people have taken certain quotes and, and sayings or, or something somebody said out of context. But this is, is really pushing the limits because if you read what Trump actually said, he says this. By the way, if she gets her pick, if she gets to pick her judges, there's nothing you can do, folks. Although the Second Amendment people, maybe there is. I don't know. And he hmm. had to, to, it says uproar as Donald, the real Donald Trump suggests Second Amendment people may be able to do something to stop Clinton. And, uh, they, the left has come out along with some on the right say basically that he's calling for you know um, an assassination he's basically calling for somebody with a gun to take her out now donald trump was talking about american voters i get that from that statement i mean i who are look, passionate about their second amendment rights. He, didn't, me. he didn't hint to a revolution or, or taking somebody out those words never entered his mouth right all he said is if hillary clinton becomes president she will pick justices and her stance on the Second Amendment is she does not like the Second Amendment, and she will pick justices who will destroy that Second Amendment. And the only way people can stop that from happening is the Second Amendment people need to need to step up. Yeah, the Huffington Post comes out and you know Trump suggests shooting Clinton. Her <laughs> Supreme Court picks or both. Okay, I, I get that from that statement. I mean, I boy. Really? The Secret Service even issued a tweet after Donald Trump clarified what he said, even though he didn't have to. And Rudy Giuliani's come out in defense of Trump. And, and uh, you know, not that they have to, but the Secret Service says in a tweet, the Secret Service is aware of the comments made earlier this afternoon. But see, they're taking this so far out of context. No. What's wrong with being a Second Amendment person? Does that automatically mean you're going to kill somebody? Is that a rallying call for violence? Th- this this is how how childish and how dumbed down the, the and this is by 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 this is orchestrated. Um, yeah, uh, of Elizabeth course. Warren. He's making death threats at Hillary. Clinton. Right. The, pr- pretty soon, you know, um, th- this is so far out of the realm of sensibility. I don't quite understand how people can extrapolate that that from those words now if that's the case then i mean we're we're so far past 1984 george orwell <laughs> this is ridiculous and, and you know the 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 little chipmunks over there on democratic underground are having this this little thrill party saying oh, oh my goodness they're threatening to kill hillary oh can you believe it someone needs to be this speaks to his his mental stability what a bunch of morons. The NRA. Seriously, have, what a bunch of morons. The NRA got it. They came out and said Trump is right. If Hillary Clinton gets her pick, her anti-Second Amendment SCOTUS judges, there's nothing we can do. Oh, there is something we can do because we have to realize, we have to go back to grade school, elementary school, or middle school. I don't know where they teach this. And we have to understand the Constitution. We have to understand that judicial supremacy, a judge, a ruling by the Supreme Court does not a law make, all right? It, it just doesn't. And 
the father of the Orlando nightclub shooter, Sadiq Mateen, yeah. was at the latest Clinton rally and made it sound as though he had been invited to the rally. At the, at the latest one. So this is post-Mateen. And, and we have attacks from, from the media, obviously, uh, on Trump saying, oh, during the event, Trump falsely said that Clinton essentially wants to abolish the Second Amendment. She said it in her own words. It's on tape. It doesn't get any clearer than that. Just like on the abortion. Unborn, the, the unborn child has no constitutional rights. I will only appoint judges who put Roe v. Wade as law. That's not clear to me. I, I'm not sure. I, I, I get the Trump wanting to kill uh, Clinton and uh, perhaps the, the Supreme, you know, SCOTUS picks, but I don't know. Uh, that's not clear to me. What's she really trying to say? I don't know. <laughs> and... um We've gone so we've gone so far over the edge. I mean, people might as well just play video games or what is it, Mario? What's 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 popular now, Mario? I have no idea. All right, Pac-Man. Definitely not Mario. Pac. Pokemon. Pokemon. Oh, there you go. This is, uh, that's another whole subject that. Uh, yeah. Because there's, I think there's more to that than people think. Uh, but see. But see and I think, in all seriousness, now I do believe that the talk about the Second Amendment here and about the the veiled threat by Trump, I I do suspect that what we're going to see, we're being set up for a false flag, or multiple false flags, and I we're being set up to have the pro Second Amendment people like you and I and, and Eric, and uh, every everyone who is pro Second Amendment to to be painted and we're already painted as extremists but but yeah. even more so uh the second amendment will be eradicated and of course there will go with the first and there will go the bill of rights our constitution we don't we won't have a constitution this is in the works this is already in the works this is being gamed out and the globalists are 50 60 steps ahead of us they are and and we have to realize this but and again i mean this was a rally in north carolina today where trump um talked about if Clinton becomes president the uh, her pick for, for judges as president uh, there will be nothing done to protect the, the right to bear arms and he says by the way if she gets to pick her judges nothing you can do folks although second amendment people maybe there is I don't know Trump said yeah well I don't know and that gets um, twisted too hmm. uh, you know Elizabeth Warren saying you know he's come out and this is a death threat against Hillary Clinton. Uh, her exact quote is: uh, Elizabeth Warren s- says this on Twitter to the real Donald Trump makes death threats because he is a pathetic coward who can't handle the fact that he's going to lose to a girl. And then I mean, the, it, the are we are sure about piling that? Piling on and piling the ladder, <laughs> not the not the, yeah. And all the while, you know, Clinton finds herself. Um, with father of Omar Mateen at her rally on Monday, yesterday, in Florida. And it's not clear whether he was invited there or he just showed up, but he is in the front row sitting right behind Hillary Clinton. I, I, I don't think you get... Yeah. You, see, all, all of these, it, it's television is an illusion. And, and whether it's, whether you're... <laughs> I'm afraid. Eric is... Uh, oh, I don't know. Why not? I mean, it, it doesn't have any... 
No, but yeah, yeah that's yeah, fine. The lines here. We should kind of stay up here. Uh, I don't know. That's good, uh, Eric. For those listening on on just listening, um, just showed Hillary Clinton's face on a buffalo on a yak. It's a oh, yak. really? Hillary the yak. Actually, it it, it works indeed. Uh, and there's an interesting uh, article. But wait, 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 wait a second, wait a second. Uh, the television is an illusion, and when you when you stage. Uh, when, when a presidential candidate or a, somebody, look, everything is choreographed just, just right. So the people behind the speaker, you don't get, it, it's not the, the, the long straw or the short straw to be behind there. Okay. You're, you're selected to be behind there. Um, in, in most cases. Uh, did you, see the, did you pull up the article and look at yeah. the pictures? And the, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so the 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 okay. So, just to put this in perspective, Orlando terrorist Omar Mateen, his father in Kissimmee, Florida, as Hillary Clinton was speaking to this crowd, is smiling behind Hillary Diane Rodham, the witch Clinton. The, and, and to expand on what you said, the television station WPTV happened to notice uh, Mateen's father. Mm-hmm. They tried um, to approach him and ask questions. Yeah. I, I so, I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of flummoxed by this. What message is being sent here? Knowing that, the backdrop is staged uh, usually she was supposed to be giving a speech on on economics in florida or that was supposed to be what she uh was talking about as as the main stay of her her rally but she actually started talking about the shooting and and got into um what happened there a little bit as the gunman's father sits right behind her as she calls for tighter controls on the Second Amendment. Which is another reason why huh. today you see Trump coming out and huh. making the comments he did about if she gets elected. I mean, think about it. The Supreme Court now is at a, is a deadlock. She'll probably get the... The next president will get to pick at least two, maybe three Supreme Court justices. Which, in the eyes of the uh, the dumbed-down American populace, means that this could be law, okay? And if we're stupid enough to believe in judicial supremacy, then, okay, so, well, so okay. Whether it's a matter of people believing in it anymore or it, or not, I don't think is the issue, because now, whatever the, however the Supreme Court rules, unless it's against the way the the administration or agenda wants, right. then that does become law. You, you know, enforceable law. People will start enforcing the law instantly. But, the, the police do. We saw it with same-sex marriage. We saw it with so many wait, other things. Hang on. Go ahead and put the yak up. <laughs> Go ahead. Put the yak up until we... All right. He's working hard to get that thing going. But, okay, so, so do you kind of get the idea, the feeling that... Obama is going to be. Obama might not leave. No, I know he's Obama's being forced got, out. Remember? Yeah, he's being forced. That's right. He, yeah, in his I'm own being, words. Well, I'm not quitting. I'm being forced me, out. I'm being evicted. It's something, something <laughs> called the Constitution. 
this constitutional this scholar bonehead. I wonder if he can uh can stay an extra ninety days on, on uh, man, I'll rules. tell you what, when 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 <laughs> when uh when when and Barry and Michael I mean Barry and Michelle uh Barack and the, when those two leave the White House, they better frisk him for the keys. Make sure, you know, make sure they don't have an extra set of keys made. Just saying. If they leave. But, but, all of this, I mean, you couldn't, look, you can't make this stuff up. I mean, you cannot make, no. I, I, you can't and the possibly New York Times make today, this up. Uh, uh, even admits that the press is against Donald Trump. And saying media justifies anti-Trump bias claims he's too dangerous for normal rules. Right. And nor- so normal rules are... And this is on Fox Foxwoods. You can read it on Fox or in the New York Times. The media's legion of Trump bashers are finally acknowledging the obvious and trying their best to justify it. But there's one problem. Tilting against one candidate in a presidential election cannot be justified. This is not a defense of Donald Trump who has been at war with much of the press since he got into the race. Too many people think if you criticize the way billionaires is being covered, you are somehow backing Trump. And it's not about the commentators on the right as well as the left who are savaging Trump since they are paid for, or since they are paid for their opinions. And that's very true. But they go on to say this is about the credit of mainstream media reporters, editors, and producers whose creed is to support fairness and the truth. And now okay, some of them right. are flat out making the case for unfairness and unprecedented approach for an unprecedented campaign, they say. And they go on to talk about the um, journalism being unfair to Republicans, but they never treated Mitt Romney, John McCain, or George Bush. Not even close to the way that they uh, marginalize Trump in the media. You, you know, even though, if I can say this, Bush. I blame Bush, I blame Rove, I blame the, and it's not popular to say it. But I blame these establishment Republicans. I blame the Paul Ryans and and the others who are who have been really um, silent, silent to the point of of I would say complicity. Mm-hmm. All right, you stand up if you have any cojones at all. You stand up and say enough is enough. All right, uh, to, to me, and, and you, you make you make a statement because. The wheels are going to be flying off this bus in a big way, I believe. And, and look at what the, the coverage of the the Hillary Clinton. Uh, does she? Is there something to worry about with her her mental and physical health? Um, okay, yeah. Throw the yak up. The, there was a. All right, here we go. Go ahead. Uh, all right, yeah. Go Fox on. News. Sean Hannity set up. Um, a response today, the picture which shows Hillary Clinton apparently needing assistance to climb a flight of stairs at a campaign stop back in February was picked up by Drudge Report, which posted this headline over the weekend, which details Hillary Clinton uh, history with falls and speculation that the former Secretary of State could be experiencing a serious, undisclosed medical condition. Earlier today, Sean Hannity reached out to the Clinton campaign for a statement. And a spokesman told us that the Drudge Report is shameful and anyone who buys into that medical condition is shameful. What is missing is a statement about the health issues, and then the question is asked: Does the public have a right to know? Well, it, it, yeah. I mean, look, you going back in history, you had 
you had Kennedy with Addison's, allegedly with Addison's, and he dodged that statement. Uh, he dodged that accusation. The campaign, uh, uh, Nixon campaign, or I'm sorry, Johnson was the one that raised the issue of JFK's Addison's yep. disease. Okay, then before that, you had Wilson, Woodrow Wilson, and of course Eagleton back in '72, I think it was, with uh, the electric uh, sh- electric uh, shock treatments, the ECT. Uh, 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 that he underwent. And you go look at Hillary Clinton and her recent uh, events, and they talk about this here, and they say, you know, what happened in, in 2009 when she took a severe fall? She breaks her elbow. In 2011, she boards a plane and, and falls at her head. In 2012, she has a severe concussion, which Bill Clinton says took her six months to recover from. Then she ends up with a blood clot in the brain and a lifetime of blood thinners. Uh, just that point alone, if she's prone to falling, you can see from that picture up there that it looked like she can barely get up the stairs without two people carrying her. Well, what if she falls and hits her head? Uh, it goes on to say, and this picture is adding up, you know, as we see, look at the bigger picture, it's all adding up to what is going on with the health of Hillary Clinton. The public has a right to know and needs to be disclosed. She needs to disclose her health records, like John McCain did in 08, as, um, John McCain's records because of melanoma he had 10 years before the uh, presidential run he did. That's right. But will this be off base? And they could turn around and take Trump and comments he made about her re- putting in justices who don't like the Second Amendment. And well, that comes into get... assassination attempts, but somebody questions her health and they say... Oh, yeah, you can't you do know, that. Uh, well, we're going to get into more of this on, on the other side. A yak with a sack. Yakety yak, don't come back. Come on, Eric. I love it. Eric, you got to mic up. I think I think Joe just had a, a I think something just popped in Joe's forehead. I'm going to be right back. Hagman and Hagman on fire tonight. Hagman and Hagman were in the building, and we're staying in the building, and we're, we're coming to you live, of course, from our radio and television studios here in beautiful northwest Pennsylvania. I want to thank each and every one of you, every single one of you, for tuning in, for telling telling others about our program, for having a bumper sticker on your car, for having a, uh, you know, wearing our logo and, and spreading the word. We appreciate everything that you do, and I was going through some uh, snail mail today and uh, postal mail. And, uh, I just, uh, I, I was just uh, so impressed and, and so touched by so many of the nice letters and cards and notes that we've gotten. Thank you. Thank each and every one of you. And, you know, that means a lot to us, as do emails. Got a great email right here from Warren. I won't give the last name from Brookville, Pennsylvania. Uh, Warren, thank you so much for, for this email. And I'm going to just, without giving up, uh, the entirety of the email. I'm going to talk about this because I'm going to I'm going to cite this email because I I, I just thank you, uh, thank you for what you've said. Uh, Warren writes just a quick message to hopefully strengthen and encourage you. Now, um, he, he writes he's 
you know, we've got a pretty large audience and faithful audience, but, uh, uh, but he's hoping to be a shot in our arm here from a loyal fan and listener in Brookville, Pennsylvania. And I've been to Brookville. Nice town, nice, nice area, beautiful area. He writes this and it's very touching. He says, uh, you know, I found you guys about four years ago. To be honest, I don't, I don't know what I did without you before then. Um, yeah, you probably had a normal life. Um, you don't realize it, but you've been alongside me during the loss of my mom and her very sudden and unexpected cancer. Oh, man. The simultaneous, simultaneously devastating loss of my job and the subsequent tailspin that ensued. You guys and your guests. I love Steve, Pastor Langford, Paul, Tom, so on. We love our guests, too. And, and we bring, we bring on the people that we believe will bless each and every one of you. Uh, Warren writes, I'm now 36, rebounding very well, I think. God, our Savior, His Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit are everything to me beyond that. I'm also blessed with a wonderful wife and two sons. And you know something? Family is important. And family is, I don't know what I would do without my wife. I don't know what I would do without my family. I could have no money but have family and be a rich man. It's kind of where we're at now anyway, but you know what I mean. And he writes that they've added so much to my life, and um, he expresses that Jesus Christ is and has been, will remain his Savior, Lord, and King, and and uh, he thanks us for the quality of our program. It's unnecessary to thank, thank us, because what we... You know, Rush Limbaugh, I remember, he used to say, it's the job of the callers to make the host look good. Nah, I'm not sure I agree with that. I think it's the job of the host to make the callers feel like they're, they're part. They, they can make a difference. The listeners feel like they can make a difference because you can. You can. You do. Every day. And I would venture to say, those people who listen to this program for non-litigious reasons, if you get my drift, um, I do suspect that that each and every one of you are making a difference in the lives of those around you. Just saying that. And I want to thank you, Warren, and I want to thank everyone out there who has maintained a, a listening relationship with us who have supported us throughout the years we're not going to let you down we really won't let you down and if we do I'm sure you'll tell us and I hope you'll tell us but 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 we're very we just can't thank you enough for all you've done I mean I just wanted to give a shout out to Linda Martin there's a gazillion Linda Martin so but you know who Linda, you know which Linda Martin I mean. I was, I picked up the book that you sent me today. And, um, had, had fun reading that. You, and you know which one I'm talking about. And others, uh, so many others. Uh, but thank you for being there. Thank you for being a part of our lives. Let's get back to the, let's get back to the, uh, the, the information here. Burning daylight. Go ahead, Joe. 
Well, I don't know where you want to go from here. Let's uh, let's keep let's keep uh, let's keep talking about the yak with the sack, uh, Hillary Rodham Clinton. Go for it. Well, no, you were you were talking about the well, unless we have have we reached a conclusion there, or I mean, or or the Second Amendment issue, because this you know this as Paul McGuire stated on that uh, on that clip, I mean, 2016 is the year is going to be the the decisive moment. I mean, this is the decisive time now. Yeah, and we do have other information on on Hillary Clinton. Sure. Um, this ties the, the, into the her foundation. foundation. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Uh, the U.S. approves $1.15 billion sale of tanks and other equipment to Saudi Arabia. The U.S. State Department has approved the potential sale of more than 130 Abrams battle tanks, 20 armored recovery vehicles, and other equipment worth about $1.15 billion to Saudi Arabia, the Pentagon said today. Yep. The approval for land force equipment comes at a time when Saudi Arabia is leading a military coalition in support of Yemeni forces loyal to the exiled government with President uh, Mansour Hadi, who are trying to oust Iran-allied forces in the capital. It goes on to talk about coalition airstrikes, but what's interesting here is that Saudi Arabia is one of if not the biggest donors to the Clinton's uh found to the Clinton Foundation they have donated between 10 and 25 million dollars over the years this is Saudi Arabia as they emerged as the biggest donor to the Clinton Foundation so so, so okay. they say yes it is the biggest but, but uh, we also and, have to examine at the same time we have to look at this and, and I think we have to look at the broader picture here um and Zero Hedge has an article up about this, as well as other uh, sites today. But 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 Saudi Arabia has always been the control. Saudi Arabia has had had a lot a lot of control over the United States. You go back to seventy three. Well, you go back to its inception. Saudi Arabia was a creation of the Western intelligence, CIA, and our government, basically giving. I mean, there's more to it than that. But but right. But and they, they, if you go to the Zero Hedge article, they have a, a graphic up. Right. These countries donated to Hillary Clinton Foundation. Saudi Arabia, ten to twenty five million. United right. Arab Emirates, one to five million. Morocco, one to five million. Qatar, one to five million. Oman, one to five million. Kuwait, five to ten million. And, and the and the reason you should then, tell people the reason why it's either one, two, five. The, why is there such a broad? Well, I'll tell you why. All the uh, these are listed is because Hillary Clinton's State Department approved these countries' weapons deals after their foundation had received money from these countries. Right. And they go on to say that the U.S. State Department has approved. Uh, what they just did, the, the most recent transaction, the Abrams, 130 Abrams battle tanks and other equipment worth $1.15 billion to Saudi Arabia. And they say that this um, comes at a, a time when the U.S. Defense Secretary Cooperation Agencies, which oversees the foreign arms sales, um, adding it would con- contribute to the U.S. national security by improving the security of regional parties. But Saudi Arabia and other Gulf Arab allies um, are the ones receiving benefits. These are the same countries who have donated to the Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton Clinton Foundation uh, the most. And 
the United Nations and the UN Human Rights Council um, is involved in this, and it is coming out uh, through other email releases and leaks. There are new emails that continue to come out that all these top uh, Middle Eastern Arab countries who donated to the Clinton Foundation over the years, Saudi Arabia has been the biggest donor, but we have all these other countries who have donated a lot of money in the millions and received weapons deals from our own State Department. And the connection's undeniable. And I believe that it will become more clear as the emails continue to come out. As more emails have been released today, Julian Assange of WikiLeaks has uh, continued to state that he has enough evidence that he will release that will show Hillary Clinton is guilty of treason. And there's another another interesting article well, about today about uh, the three wait, don't, don't updated go body count. Okay, yeah, we we need to talk about that because, um, again, June McLeod and I spoke about this. We're going to be delving deeper into this body count um, because there is something there. There is there there. But before we move on to that, let's talk a little bit more about the Clinton Foundation because. Um, specifically their fundraising. When the Clinton Cash, great movie, or great uh, uh, documentary, the book as well by um, that just came out. But foreign governments have, people need to understand what was taking place when uh, Clinton was Secretary of State. Uh, foreign governments gave millions upon millions upon millions of dollars to the Clinton Foundation while Clinton was at the State Department. Mm -hmm. And the Washington Post delved into this, and other publications delved into this, but yet no one really seemed to to, to care much. The Clinton Foundation accepted millions of dollars from at least, now there's more, but the, the Post had talked about seven foreign governments during her tenure as Secretary of State, including one donation that violated its ethics agreements with the Obama regime. If you can even believe, I'm not even sure that that the synapses aren't firing right because that that doesn't even make sense. But when you the ethics agreement Obama regime, okay, but all right, so. Most of the contributions were possible because of exceptions written into the foundation's articles, um, which included uh, which included uh, changing the limits on foreign government donations. And I should point out that uh, Saudi Arabia, as you as you point out, was a large donor, but. When you look at the timing, and this is where the criminality becomes evident, as Secretary of State, having the inf the most influence and power to allow, for example, a government, non-NGO, uh, even to, for example, what, what they did in Haiti was just despicable. With, with Clinton as Secretary of State, Bill Clinton, and uh, this government, what they did in Haiti was absolutely despicable. I've got my notes. I don't have them right here. But after this, after the earthquake, um, they promised to, to 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 do do a lot for Haiti. Bottom line is they gave cushy contracts to 
to contractors to rebuild Haiti that didn't that didn't have any experience. Mm-hmm. A lot of money went into the foundation. A lot of money went 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 into the pockets of the Clintons. Um, yeah, and you look Congo, at the Red Cross. All, well, all of this. Go the ahead. Red Cross raised five hundred million dollars, or yeah. it could be a billion. I'm not sure. I, I think it was. In what, it was like ten homes were built with that yes. money. Yes. It's yes. the same thing with the Clinton Foundations uh, and these these other charitable organizations. They only need to provide ten percent of their income as charitable contributions. Well, I, I, think, I think Clinton's there's two percent or some ridiculously low figure, according to Clinton Cash, uh, and, and it's well documented. The travesty about that is they go on TV, they bring these celebrities in, they say, you know, donate ten dollars and text, you know, these five numbers, and you can donate ten dollars. That money was raised mainly by, you know, these ten dollar donations that mm-hmm. was put, were put on by telephones and commercials by celebrities. And when you learn that ninety percent or more of the money didn't go to anybody but people here in the U.S., ninety percent of the money goes to the you know back to the rich people. Ten percent actually goes to helping people. If that, it's. It, I mean, with the money that they did raise, they could have rebuilt the whole nation. Yes. Yes. It's just insanity. And, and the the Clinton global the, at the epicenter and and folks. You really, everyone needs, really needs to understand this. And you might say, well, no, I don't need to understand anything. I just under, no, if you understand the mechanics of what's going on, you can argue with your uncle, uncle Ned, who's a, who's a, um, uh, maybe, maybe your uncle Ned's a supporter of the Yak Sack. I don't know, the, the, the Yak with a Sack. But the, the, or the communist, I suppose, the communist Yak. But the Clinton Global Initiative, Global Initiative, is at the epicenter of all of this fraud and, and laundering, I believe, in my view, in my estimation, of course, because as, as you point out, they persuade the, the wealthy, uh, business people to pledge money and, uh, to the Clinton Foundation programs. Well, the bottom line is, is they, they just, they, they ultimately pocket the money. Right. Under the pretext of helping others, and they don't help. Uh, and the Clinton Foundation isn't the only foundation they have. They have the Clinton Global Initiative. That's what I just said. Yeah, the yeah, Global the, Initiative. And, and, yeah. and there's others, and there's subsidiaries of that. Both yep. Bill, Chelsea, and Hillary are involved in. And, you know, some of the money comes from these huge speaking fees that they get to come out to an event and speak. And much of it, or most of it, the majority of it, comes from these Middle Eastern nations that have set up weapons deals with the United States. You know, I mean, including ISIS, as Donald Trump pointed out the other that's day true. where we played the clip from ABC where he was cut off for saying he should, she should get an award from ISIS for being their founder. <laughs> true. And same thing with Al-Qaeda. I mean, you go back and look at Hillary Clinton says, we created Al-Qaeda. She said that with her own words before she was a senator, before she ran for president. Well, in the context of fighting, uh, you know, and, and of course, right. this, this is what people bring up. Well, we, we have to fight the uh, communist Russians, so we we, we supply guns and, and training and, and such and supplies to uh, the uh, uh, Mujahideen in Afghanistan. And, of course, that goes off into Al-Qaeda. Directly related to Osama bin Laden, who had right. ties to the Bush family. And right. He was, and, Named the responsible party for 9/11. So, and and I'm beginning to believe, and I can't prove this, but I'm I'm 
you know, you start sniffing around as an investigator. As investigators, we start following the money. If you go back to June of this year, there was a um, release, mm-hmm. WikiLeaks release. Now, listen to listen to this. Foreign uh, government donations to the Clinton Foundation while Hillary was a U.S. senator now. Now, this is when she was a senator. Because I remember being, being uh, held up in New York as she was crisscrossing New York and was in so many traffic jams because of her. But uh, think about this. According to Clinton's list, Saudi Arabia, as you had mentioned, well, she was a senator. He gave $10 million to $25 million, And there's a reason, again, for that disparity. Uh 10 to 25 million. That's a huge, the low end's 10, the high end's 25 million. Well, why can't they give an exact amount? The reason they can't give an exact amount, as I'll explain in another time, is because they don't have to. Simple as that. But, uh, think of this. Saudi Arabia gave 25 million, up to 25 million to the Hillary, or to the Clinton Foundation. Other government donors included Norway, Kuwait, Qatar, Brunei, Omar, uh, or Oman, Omar from Oman <laughs> and so on but the um, as of 2008 the Clinton Foundation listen to this raised at least 46 million from Saudi Arabia Kuwait Qatar and Brunei think about that number 46 million what did these countries get in what did they get for that money? Hmm. Yeah, pay to play. That's what it is. But we have to follow the money. And and I and I believe, as I said earlier, Joe, I think that I think that the the royal families, the American royalty, the Uniparty, the Bushes, mm-hmm. the Clintons. And even those not in government positions, I believe, are making a lot of money off the backs of foreign governments. Absolutely. Okay. We have to follow this. We we have to see the connection. If you've got the Bush family not wanting Trump in the off in in, in the office, then obviously they want who Clinton, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it would stand to reason. Even Paul Ryan, after he was "quote unquote" endorsed by Donald Trump. Now is speaking uh, in three days from now at a never Trump event. Okay, which his primary was today in Wisconsin, or is today. Um, What's the word on that? I don't know. I, I, there's little news on that. But one thing that I, that interestingly enough, turned up on uh, Drudge today was mm-hmm. Clinton body count or oh, yeah. left-wing conspiracy. Let's talk. Three with ties, the DNC mysteriously die. Yep. Since the Democratic National Committee emails were leaked a few weeks ago, three people associated with the DNC have all been found dead under what could be questionable circumstances. Uh, some suspect that the Clintons are behind the deaths. Just more episodes in the alleged Clinton body count dating back to the 1990s and well before that. Others dismiss the speculation as a left-wing conspiracy that is nuts, but until the police have completed their investigations and the medical examiners released autopsy reports, it's premature to make any determinations. First, first Seth Reich, a rich, rich DNC by the way. staffer, yes. was mysteriously murdered in the streets of Washington, D.C. on July 10th. Although it is being investigated as a robbery, 
His wallet, credit cards, and watch were not taken. Stop right there, because it's now been released that Rich was WikiLeaks' source within the organization of the DNC. His mother told NBC local news station that there were bruises on his face, knees, and hands, but the police say that could be from fending off his attackers. Some are speculating that Hillary Clinton is behind the murder because Rich could have been the DNC staffer responsible for leaking the 20,000 damaging DNC emails to WikiLeaks. Yes. Which has come out as... uh that is the case. And, and this is the first time WikiLeaks ever said, yeah, he, he confirmed a source. But yeah. it, it's So you know Assange, Julian Assange, has got to be a little bit nervous, although, he, you know, I mean, he's somewhat as a, some, as a perimeter of protection geographically. But but the fact is, I think about that, folks. That That's no coincidence. No. Second, Sean Lucas. Mm-hmm. Served as a DNC, uh, served in the DNC on July 3rd with a complaint and summons in a fraud action on behalf of Sanders supporters. Um, on August 2nd, he was found lying on the bathroom floor dead by his girlfriend when she came home that evening. His girlfriend said he was in good health. And we have John Ash, the former president of the United Nations General Assembly. John mysteriously passed away on June 22nd, a few days before he was scheduled to begin pre-trial meetings involving shady financial dealings regarding a former Clinton crony. Local police officer said he died from dropping a barbell on his throat while working out. A little help, please. But the U.N. oddly first claimed he died of a heart attack. The 61-year-old was supposed to testify against Clinton real estate developer Sang, who was implicated in the China Gate scandal for funneling money to the DNC for Bill Clinton through Arkansas restaurant owner Charlie Tire. Charlie Tire. Tri- Treat. Yeah, but, but wait a second, wait a second, wait a second, wait. Because you got three people here. Okay, now, mm-hmm. now, now, statistically, the, the statistics with respect to these three individuals, and and when you when you bring up Charlie Tree, you go back to the eighties, nineties, the Chinese missile, uh, Chinese technology. I mean, there is so much here. Yeah, you have uh, Victor Thorne who wrote books exposing the Clintons reportedly killed himself with a gun on his fifty fourth birthday. You have Vince Foster. Uh, Vince Foster. Back. Let me. Let me just say again, Vince Foster did not commit suicide. Period. And and Thorne, who was found, who the fifty four year old on his birthday, who shot himself with his own gun multiple times, one on the Russell Scott show, told the host, If I'm ever found dead it was murder, I would never kill myself. Joe Montano, an aide to Hillary's running mate, Tim Kaine, died of a heart attack on July twenty fifth. He had worked for the DNC and was only forty seven. Right. We talked to Larry Nichols. Larry Nichols um, was a, a hired political hitman for the Clintons. And well, he'll deny that. Explain today. I said political. Well, okay, but and there's speculation that he was more than yeah, that. yeah, an actual thank you hitman. For that. Okay, but um, he's come out and exposed a lot of the shady dealings behind the deaths of so many of these in the Clinton body count, and yeah. It says, what comes down to this? How many other politicians have you heard of who have so many mysterious deaths associated with them? You don't hear of a Bush body count or an Obama body count, although... Oh, yeah, oh yes, you do. Oh, yes, you do. Um, um, Snoops, I, Snopes has come out Snopes. and labeled the Clinton body Jeez. count as false. Of course, and, and, and even to the extent where they, they denied that uh, the guy with the barbell, Ash, was going to be a, uh, was, was gonna, uh, testify. testify. Yeah. Okay, 
but but see in the in the latest one with uh Seth Rich that he was uh, they've already ruled that this wasn't right Clinton related he was robbed even though none of his valuables were taken before okay. the police reports yeah, well, were released we can go home we're done <laughs> that's okay it, enough said i guess we should um, do a state your case on this clinton body count because i know you have so much information on this you, you know i i do and um i'll just say this if i'm ever uh, if i'm dead um I did it. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's him, or or it could be Eric at this point. <laughs> the list is no. You know what? And I'm not. I shouldn't. Really, we shouldn't. We shouldn't make light of this because uh, Alex Jones had uh, interviewed DC Madam, of course, and, mm-hmm. and DC Madam said the same thing and found hanging in, in Washington DC. This stuff is chilling. This is the stuff that nightmares are made of, and people might blow this off and say, "Oh, you know what? People die all the time." And people shoot themselves, you know, more than once. I, uh, okay, yeah, yakety yak. Don't come back, yak with a sack. And the communist yak party. I don't know, folks. You're listening to Hagman and Hagman reports. Saddle for battle. It's getting rough out there. The, the seas are rough. We got one segment left, followed by Stan Dale in hour number three to bring some sanity and some class into the Hagman and Hagman report. Hagman and Hagman report coming back. We're back. Hagman and Hagman were in the building. I want to thank you. Saddle for battle, folks, because it is going to get rough from here on in. Remember Pastor Langford saying, you know, 2016, that the third quarter, and he said this back in 2013, 2014. Well, we're here. Paul McGuire, same thing. It's going to get rough. Look at the third quarter of 2016. We're here. You know, the road is is long. It's bumpy. But like yesterday, it's not going to happen the way you think necessarily. And I and I kind of believe that. I think I think what happens, what's going to happen, you're not going to see coming. Most people are not going to see coming. Because I think that the globalists have already set out their their plans, and there's so many steps ahead of us. Yes, you're not going to see it coming. And there's nothing new under the sun. The playbook is the same. The secret societies are the same. The rulers are the same. The gods, the small g, are the same. The criminal cabals are certainly familiar, if not the same. You've got all of this taking place to a climatic ending, perhaps. But see, it's not going to be the end of the world. No, people... It's not going to be the end of the world. It's going to be the end of a certain lifestyle. That's what we have to look at. And I I am saddened by this personally because of I look at my son, who's younger than me, obviously. I, I guess that would what a sta- what a true statement that is, right? I mean brilliant. Well, that could be one of the most brilliant statements of the day. But anyway, I look at my look at my my children. And I look at my grandchildren, and I think, 
what have we done? What have we done? Some some people say nothing. And you're right. Why not? So, saddle for battle because we we need to look, lead, follow, or get out of the way because we need to make that difference as Christians and as conservatives. When I say conservatives, I'm talking about pro-life, pro-Bible, pro-Holy Bible, pro-Second Amendment, pro-Constitution, pro-Borders language and culture, and proud of it. There's no reason to be ashamed of your white European, Western European heritage. If black lives matter, so do white lives. All lives matter, don't they? I guess we could possibly get in trouble for saying that. If you haven't seen it recently, I want to just give a big shout-out to Full Spectrum Survival. I owe you guys a call. I want to call. I want to, Brad, I want to talk to you. What a great video they did. Uh, urban survival video. I also want to give a shout out to Teresa. Thank you for your kind words. You know who I'm talking about. Or who I'm talking to. And, uh, we have a lot to get into though. Uh, again. And, uh, if, if I offended anyone <clears throat> by the, uh, by the yak. I don't know where that came from, but but I thought it was. But Eric's still laughing over there. You go ahead and mic up. And uh, anyway, uh, and Joe said, "Dad, don't say that anymore." <laughs> no. I think you crossed the line. <laughs> I did say that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, we're talking about some serious stuff here. And we are talking about living in a banana republic when we, when we have to talk or when we talk about the death list. You talk about people that extend back to Charlie Tree. You talk about the, the Clinton body count. You talk about, uh, uh, and, and again, folks, please understand when I say this. From an investigative point of view, um, this is serious business. All right. This is extremely serious. At the level, you talk, remember Michael Hastings. Remember, I don't want to. I don't want to name anymore because I'm going to accidentally leave someone out and, and just. We, we've had people on our show that are no longer with us. Mm-hmm. I, I'm. I. I actually. And, and God bless Larry Grathwall, because it, one of the final interviews that Larry did was with us. One of the final conversations that he had, to my knowledge, I could be wrong on this, but given the date of his death when he was found in his apartment, uh, we were actually talking about, and I told him, I said, Larry, I'll, I'll pick you up. Joe and I will pick you up, and we're going to take you up to meet Bill Ayers, to confront Bill Ayers. Yep. We were serious. We were making plans to go up and confront Bill Ayers from the weather underground. Yeah. And he's dead. You talk about a patriot. What a great great American patriot, Larry Grothwell. 
and, and yet, you know, even in his memory, the communist, uh, the communist yaks, that, that's going to be my new word. The communist, uh, morons out there. You talk about disrespectful. And I still can't get over, I, I, you know what, Joe, I still can't get over the, the, uh, a couple of things. Even, I, I thought I saw everything. I, I didn't think anything would surprise me. Folks, Orlando Shooter in the audience behind Hillary, Diane Rodham, the witch Clinton, the yak Clinton. But that's not the story of the day. The story is Trump hints at a Clinton assassination. Well, you know, and it's just see, ridiculous being taken so far out of context. I'll tell you something. If if if, if I was a if I was a conspiracy kind of guy, I'd think that there's we're being set up. But I'm not, and I don't. <laughs> yeah, we're being set up for something, folks. I and I'm not trying to be funny. I I, I mean this. Um. I don't know how this happens because, well, I'll just say this. Um, Trump is going to be in our hometown. And Friday. Now, well, in order to get a couple of minutes with Donald Trump, you've got to, you just can't, at this point, because of his, because he's the presumptive nominee, or the the actual nomination, say presumptive, he's the nominee. You've got to, uh, if you want, if you want to um, interview Trump, Trump, you've got to, you've got to pass a Secret Service clearance. I mean, you got to be cleared by the Secret Service. All right. Now, Ted Brower has contacts within the campaign, as does Judy McLeod, and so if anybody should be able to get in, it should be Joe and I. Problem, however, is that Secret Service issue. Now, I'm not saying that. I just leave it at that. No, I'm just going to leave it at that. Now, let's. <clears throat> but but the Clinton body count, the the body count. I, I don't know if it should be just purely Clinton. I, I think the uh, Banana Republic body. Well, that's the name of the store, right? Is that is there a store by the name of Banana, Banana Republic? Republic? There was. I don't know okay. if it's still uh, around. Anyway. Yeah, Eric says yes. Okay. Um, the, the, the body count that we're seeing among the ruling elite here is disturbing. The, um, the words being put in the mouths of, like, Donald Trump suggesting, and again, the Huffington Post, uh, Trump suggests shooting Clinton, her Supreme Court picks, or both. People read that headline, stop reading it, and comment and say how, 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 you know, how, how just listen to what he said. Yeah. But 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 see, but you can have you know uh, it doesn't fit within the narrative, the 140 character limitation, or the Facebook you know prompts. You can have you know the Black Lives Matter people and and others, uh, ISIS on Twitter calling for the deaths of Christians, um, calling yeah. for the assassination of Trump's Facebook pages dedicated to the assassination of Trump. That's all fine and good, but Donald Trump makes a reference about um, people Amendment. who are pro Second Amendment yeah. voting for him. So Hillary Clinton can't stack the deck with the Supreme Court and uh, continue to come after the Second Amendment. That's taken as a death threat. Yeah, exactly. Well, he didn't say anything, <laughs> you know. And we use the example of Brad Thorne and Glenn Beck saying, you know, I'm so needs to take him Brad out. Thorne. Somebody needs to. Uh, there needs to be a revolution if he's elected because how else will we get him out? Those even yeah. um, were veiled threats. 
but nobody made as big deal about him as they are about this Trump thing to the point where Elizabeth Warren has come out and said he's trying to get somebody to assassinate her. I mean, the media bias and manipulation is even admitted. The same people who have went in and blew up the Middle East and killed millions of people are not lining up behind Trump. They're lining up behind Hillary Clinton. Why is Self-hating that? Jews, the same thing. It's just everything's upside down. But again, as the show title from last night and tonight, tonight's there's nothing new under the sun. Last night's it's not going to happen the way you think. We are in uncharted waters as far as what we have seen and where we are going. In modern times, right. in this in this era, that's right. But it's not anything new. No. In no, Ecclesiastics is a right. book where it says there is uh, nothing new under the sun. And it's Solomon who said that, King Solomon. I'm and done. I don't think so. I'm done. We're about halfway through the show. You know, you know it, it, when you look at this. And what did you say? Unless your bones are broken or you're bleeding. You play Coach Dave Dobbenmeyer. <laughs> are, are you sick or are you hurt? If you're sick, you play sick. If you're hurt, go to the hospital, come back and get back in the game. Uh, coach Dave Dobmeyer, America's coach, I love the guy. And um, and for those who missed a lot of yesterday's show, I just want to give another uh, mention about Russ Dizdar and his team making a huge difference on the front lines fighting satanic crimes. I'm not going to say more than that. We had a meeting with Russ. We had some, I shouldn't say meet. well, we, yeah. Okay, we'll just go with that. We had a meeting with Russ this weekend, and uh, uh, folks, if if you if you do, Russ is, has a Russ has a radio show on right before ours on the Global Star Radio Network, and if you don't if you don't know Russ, and or if you know him, I mean he's he's stellar. And he, by the way, he's going to be with Steve Quilp and Pastor Langford at the revival, um, the Jim Baker on the Jim Baker show. Go to HagmanHagman dot com. Click on the uh, on the revival link there and register and make sure you tell everyone there spread the word i don't care uh yeah spread the word that that y'all listen to hagman and hagman at the jim baker show let's get let's get the word out because the movie see and and i'm gonna shut up after this the the what we really need to do is we need to unite come under the umbrella there, there doesn't have to be a leader per se, but if we all come under the umbrella of, we'll say, a movement or or a charism- charismatic is even a word that I don't like to use, but um, a, a fundamental Christian, solidly, morally conservative, biblically correct movement, we'd like to be that. We don't want to lead, be, necessarily be leaders in that, because I think that it would be autonomous. I mean, I think everyone needs to reach in, in themselves and be their own leader. You know what I mean? I think that that's Absolutely. what we have to be. You, you don't need any one of us to tell you what to do. You know, already know what to do. And if this plug gets pulled, you're not going to have anybody. There you go. But well, what's the, We'll still be here talking. We'll just be talking to ourselves. Yeah. Uh, no, we've got, and I've said this before, but without going into detail, I do suspect that if the if the internet plug were, were pulled, or the radio plug were pulled, or both, there will be a way 
And I'm, again, I'll leave it at that. There will be a way. All right. I'm going to turn it over to you. I'm going to be quiet now and uh, sip my uh, purple stick and uh, listen to what you've got to say. Oh, did you see that look, folks? Did you see that look? All right, you put that put the yak back up. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I, I'm, I'm Look, kidding. Here's the story wait, wait, wait. I want. There's a few things I do want okay, to cover. Because One from I do have a couple of audio clips if you don't want to go into, but you go ahead. Well, just real quick, we had a caller who called in last uh, Wednesday who yes, talked on the the uh, how do you pronounce it? The crime crime yep. Yeah, and and there's a article from the fourth, and this is what he was talking about. This is from NPR. National Institute of Health plans to lift ban on research funds for part human, part animal embryos. Oh, Camaro. I'm sorry, Camaros. 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 The federal yeah. government announced plans for Camaros Thursday to lift the material <clears throat> to lift a ban on funding of certain controversial experiments that use human stem cells to create animal embryos that are partly human. You, you know what? I it's think a of, new policy. Joe takes federal money to make embryos known as. Chimeras under <laughs> certain carefully monitored conditions, they say, but they might inadvertently create animals that have partly human brains, allowing them some semblance of human consciousness and thinking abilities. And scientists are playing God here uh, in doing this. And I just wanted to um, say that for the the caller who called in and and told us about this, um, because this is happening. It is real. And they have got all the clearance and money and approval they need. Um, kind of reminds me of the picture of the yak with Hillary Clinton. I mean, you know. Yeah. I mean, in reality. We've tried. Like now that that's crossing the See, that's crossing the line, isn't it? No. I, I mean, when you, when, as no, in the you, days of Noah. That is, right, right, right. So we are, we have crossed the line. Now we're, we're modifying DNA. We're we creating have these artificial intelligence can, yep. uh, and separate consciousness that is made from machines and is computer generated. Yep. We have this new science that is trying to merge yep. humans with machines called, called transhumanism. And we have, as you said, the, you know, the DNA, the crossing of species. The genetically modified foods, the genetically modified animals, genetically modified mosquitoes, genetically modified... I mean, what else is there? They're, they're doing it with everything. And they're going to try and create a race of hybrid human machines. And, and people laughed at Steve Quayle with um, genetic Armageddon. You know, if everyone who laughed at him and poked fun at him and, and, and these know-it-all uh, morons uh, from Mexico or from, uh, you know, other countries, especially the the guy in Mexico, um, I can't remember, nor do I really want to remember his name, but, but you know, look at what's happening right now. Steve was w- w- way ahead of his time. Um, mm-hmm. When, uh, at what point are we? And at what point are we going to? Are we going to just sit up and take notice? How how as Christians can we fight this, or how as just reasonable human beings can we fight this? I guess my question to each and every reasonable human beings, no, as Christians, there is a way to fight this biblically and through prayer, prayer yeah. right? 
and through through your own personal relationship with the Lord. But that's what it's come down to. Uh, it, it seems like you know, as these uh, we talk about how how much uh, the Christian, the Orthodox Christian Bible, its word and its Savior, have been censored in this country, thrown out. Yeah. And folks, if you read, you can read in Romans how. Um, you know, there's a sequence of events that, that happens and it starts with man and his imagination and his vain imagination. And it starts with his idols and it removes the Lord. And this, you know, shows the progression of, of how men in their own imaginations become so, you know, dark in their heart that God is completely removed from, from all aspects where everybody's just in their, in their human and carnal nature. And we see that through materialism and commercialism, which is the difference between... See, capitalism is a great way for an economy to grow and build. But when you take God out of the equation and introduce things or stuff in place to fulfill uh, your senses of of joy and, and take away the senses of worry and fear, there's a huge problem there. We're doing exactly what the Bible says we would do in the very end times. And this has happened before. Do do you think, and I do think, this is the case. Folks, let me ask you this, especially with Stan coming up. Do do you think we've, we've... successfully gone through portals or created portals? What's the correct terminology to use here remember how the nazis were attempting to well the uh, the bell um the nazi bell but remember how they were attempting to exploit the portals or to, to open portals up do you, do you think that do you, do you think we've do you think that's been done joe portals have been opened yeah i do Folks, studio audience, show of hands. Okay. Eric, yeah. Hmm. I don't think we fully understand it. I mean, I I really don't Uh. think we fully understand it. Uh, When we look at CERN, that's one area or uh, that's one aspect of the portals or interdimensional. Uh, When we look in the the biblical, we see that, you know, the, the fallen angels came down fell on Mount Hermon right and and did what they did now we read about what's going to happen in the end times and how the things of hell will come out as hell opens its mouth and the things of hell will come upon on earth and you know when we read in the bible is this a something that happens instantaneously or is this something that happens over time and is it any coincidence that once we learned how to make computers and supercomputers how instantly it was turned to mapping the brain and the merging of of, uh, computers with human beings and the best ways to do that. I don't believe so. And you look at the shows like Ancient Alien, you know, theorists who talk about uh, how, you know, these aliens were really our our forefathers and came from other planets. And and that's going to be the delusion. That's going to be where the delusion comes from. You're going to have scientists say, that uh, our ancestors, or, or that uh, with false miracles and lying signs and wonders, the Bible says, and we're being that set will up. trick the eyes. 
Yes. We're, and I think we're being set up already with the assistance of the um, Jesuit Pope in the Vatican. And again, folks, please, no emails from Catholics. I'm not picking on Catholics. I'm, I'm just saying that, that at that level, the Vatican level, we have a problem. You know, it, it so... Tomorrow night, Greg Jackson. I want to mention that two hours. We're going to be talking about words and phrases. We're going to be talking about the the lingo that doesn't make sense, things that don't make sense. In fact, he wrote an article. If you go to gregjackson.com, two G's, Greg Jackson, Greg two G's Jackson.com. Check it out. I have a picture of his dog Gunner in my office. Um. Greg and his dog, but anyway, got to meet him uh, in in Dallas. And yeah, had a great time. But but he still says he's coming up here and he'll, he'll he's be good. in studio and we're going to spend some time together. So Greg, we're going to hold you to that. But we're going to be anyway. talking about important subjects tomorrow when he comes on. But yeah, um, that and of course, uh, don't forget on the nineteenth, Jim Mars is going to be a guest. Yeah, and we, I mean, right. we have Greg Jackson tomorrow, Ted Brewer on Thursday. On Thursday. And, uh, yeah, Ted, Ted, Ted's got some information to give us Thursday. So, man, tune in for that. Um, I, I asked him because of the information that, that, that he has, and we've been going through certain geopolitical events, um, in particular, well, the the politics and geopolitics, but but he's got some good information coming up on Thursday. So Greg Jackson tomorrow, Ted on Thursday, and then Friday we we reclaim our ground and um, got got some good great segments planned for you on Friday. All right, and of course Jim Morris on the nineteenth. More on that as well. And, and before we get too far down the road as well, one more time I want to mention this, folks. Uh, Jack Cashel. Is, is his book. We had him in studio here. TWA Flight 800. Check out his latest, which was would be last week's article. It was a month after his book. We, we had him before his book was released, but uh, in studio here. But Jack Cashel is getting every day, and thanks to you, our audience, in large part, He's getting tips. People are coming forward that have information about TWA Flight 800. If you are that person, and I know some people are listening, I know some people are listening that have information. If you're that person, please get a hold of Jack Cashel via his website and uh, give him the information you have. The man with the mustache walks at midnight. Joe, saddle for battle, prepare for persecution. It's the title of Maria Canisa's book. And, it, folks, let's all band together. Let's all say, no, we've had enough. We're not going to let this happen anymore. Let's all pray. Let's all put our spiritual armor on. Let's all fight the good fight. Let's choose the side 
Let's plan our work and work our plan. Because if we don't make a plan, or if we fail to plan, we're planning to fail. How's that for a lot of adages tossed into one bit? Hagman and Hagman coming at you live from our radio and television studios here in beautiful northwest Pennsylvania. Visit our website, hagmanandhagman.com, hagmanreport.com as well. Don't forget, I was on with John Moore earlier today, Liberty Man. Check that out. Stained by Blood, my new book as well, available on Amazon. And be right back. is our guest each and every Tuesday in the third hour. Check out his website, Sandeo.com, Holly's new book, Prophetic Perils, End Time Events Revealed, as well as so much more content from upcoming interviews Stan's doing to um, old conference videos and presentations he's put on to upcoming ones. It's always great to have Stan on the show. We're going to be talking about a number of issues. If you go to standao.com, on the right-hand side next to the microphone is the Show Images page. Click on there, and you can see the topics that we're talking about. And there's a lot that Stan has put up for tonight's tonight's broadcast, and my dad is holding Holly's new book. And and this is 17 pounds. No, it just feels that way. A a chock full of, of great information by Holly Deo. Folks, this is the book, Prophetic Barrels. I mean, Stan writes very well, but Holly, man, Holly can write. This is a great book. So I was just looking at the at the image here. Yeah. Um, I don't want to. Yeah. Okay. There it is. Stan, it's great to have you back on the program. Looks like you're working on a lot of things. Uh, how's it going? Oh, a few here and there. <laughs> well, what do you want to get into first, Dan? Well, first, I, I got to tell you, uh, you don't have to uh, sugarcoat my writing ability, guys. Uh, I, I'd rather discover stuff than write about it. Holly was the one that went and took English and got a degree in that at the university. But, uh, uh, you know, fortunately, she can kind of clean up some of my uh, grammar. And uh, But, uh, no, I... I kind of have to write like I'm speaking to somebody and that's apparently not the done thing but that's the way I communicate so you know maybe next lifetime I'll be a writer well, we, we you know Stan and I apologize I didn't I didn't mean to, uh, uh, to to make it sound anything other than the fact that that Holly's book I don't know if I could ever in my lifetime write a book like this I mean the amount of time, and, and you had t- spoken about it before, and I, and I won't spend much time on it, but, but man, oh man, I went through this again. Um, the, just the amount of information, there's, there's not a wasted line in this book. There's, there's nothing wasted. There's no extra space. It's not in 14 point font. It's, 
Um, it's just an amazing resource manual. Um, I, I just, I just want to just give her a hug for writing it because it's a. Great hey, tell book. you what, give her a, give her a um, thing an email. You know, tell them what you thought about the book because uh, we're going to collect some of those this next week and put them up onto the uh, uh, the book page to show. Okay. You know, right. the, the people's uh, reaction to it. I, we're getting a couple of really good reactions already uh, before we even put up the request. Um, just sure. one guy said he, he's kept it away from his wife because he wanted to read it and, and not be interrupted because it's just so much information. And, uh, you know, I, I'm thinking maybe you should have bought two copies. But anyway, um, it, it, we're getting a lot of good reports, uh, feedback that's just absolutely sterling presentation there, like you're saying. So I'm prejudiced, yeah. I understand, but I'm telling you what we're getting in email. Well, there's. I'm. I'm just going to say this to the audience. There, there's one um, chapter. Well, no, it's not even a chapter. It's part of a chapter that that really. I had to. I, I had to look some things up. Not that I didn't believe her, but it really blew my mind when I read it. And I'm, and I'm just going to leave that as a teaser for the audience. Actually, it had something to do with 9/11, and I'll just leave it at that. So, thank yeah. you. Okay. All right. Is my uh, mic uh, fading in and out on you at all? No. No, oh, you're, good. You're, you're five by five. Okay, well, what I'm hearing here, I don't know whether it's my headpiece or what. Something is just fading in and out a bit. But anyway, as long as you're good uh, from hearing me, that's pretty good. Um, okay, uh, an interesting thing. I, I found a news article that, uh, well... It wasn't uh, recent, uh, but it was something that occurred uh, uh, oh, what, a few months back, and it's reported um, for, let's see, what is this? I think it was reported March the 10th this year. A new Eastern Outlook uh, is Saudi Arabia running out of gas. And this is really important information because everybody thought Saudi Arabia had gazillions of barrels of oil. And, of course, they've been selling it like they did. The last few years, apparently, they have been denying uh, any non-Saudi um, seismologist and uh, you know reservoir analyst to come in and determine how much reserve oil they've got there, you know, for the world uh, reserve uh, figures to see how much fuel the world's got left. Now, the there was a report uh, that was published in... Uh, August of 2015 by Ambrose Evans Pritchard. Um, and in it, let's see here, okay, um, a recent Citigroup study suggested that Saudi Arabia may actually run out of oil by the year 2030. That's only 13 years from now, guys. And if they do, one of the major suppliers of the game is out of the game, which explains why young Prince Salman, the guy we've been watching, has gone for this remake of Saudi Arabia by 2030, same date. We're going to not be so dependent on oil. We're going to go to other things like uh, you know, mining and minerals and uh, oh, um, tourism, things like that. Uh, he's got all kinds of, of irons in the fire at the moment, diversifying while his shares in Aramco are still worth a lot of money. So he's he's saying, I'm going to sell 2 to 5% of my shares, or, or the, the country's shares in Aramco, which is the major oil uh, handling uh, company there for the, uh, America and, and uh, Saudi Arabia, you know, share a uh, 50-50. Anyway, um, Aramco uh, is what they've been depending on. But I, I really smell a rat. Now, what does this mean? If he, 
his country, his people, are all up in arms about him changing Sharia law and trying to make it softer so that tourists can come in and uh, foreign archaeologists can come in and find neat places, you know, like I did, like the whole country is Atlantis. I mean, that's kind of neat. But he is he's depending on that, but his people are divided heavily about whether to support this move to uh, something away from oil, which gave them a lot of, uh, you know, give me freeze uh, to the population. I mean, they've been very generous with the population and sharing the wealth of the country. Uh, so there, there's a side that supports him and a side that doesn't. And this is causing, uh, you know, the potential for civil discord and perhaps civil war within Saudi Arabia eventually, not today, but eventually. Now, Saudi Arabia has made a deal behind the, the scenes with Pakistan to be able to buy, if they haven't already done it, nuclear warheads to use on Iran. Now, the Saudis do not like Iran and their brand of Islam, and vice versa, Iran doesn't like Saudi Arabia. But the other countries around that are not uh, Iran, but are allied uh, with Saudi Arabia in that 34-nation consortium, are probably going to do whatever Saudi Arabia leads them to do. With that kind of an army, and with nuclear weapons allegedly to go against Iran, he could easily change direction and go left instead of right at the northern part of Saudi Arabia and go for Israel. Um, so yeah, relations between Israel and Saudi Arabia and the United States are all very, um, very delicate because Israel is having to brace for an Iranian nuclear uh, country, you know, with crazies at the helm. Saudi Arabia is now joining the crazies at the helm. They're going to get nukes to defend themselves against Iran, of course. And that's why I'm sure that that uh, uh, Prince Salman has been over to the White House in the last three months several times, and probably a lot by secure phone, etc., uh, talking to Obama about something. And I'll bet you a dime to donut, the major part of it is we want nukes. And, uh, you know, it might be that the United States uh, encourages Pakistan to deliver them or, or something like that, but... The Middle East uh, is getting prepared to erupt into full-scale war in all kinds of directions. Um, the, the, the Saudis are, are uh, they've opened up a new factory there. It's, a, it's a kind of like a park, a technology park, going for advanced weapons production in Saudi Arabia. And they are saying that they want to defend the eastern part and northeastern part of Saudi Arabia over near where the oil fields are at uh, Damam, which is uh, Aramco on the west coast of the Persian Gulf. So all this stuff tells me that, that the whole area, that they're all about to just start you know, shooting at each other, and with big guns, I mean, the, the nuke gun. So watch the, the press. I mean, watch every day, because with Turkey and with Israel and Iran and Saudi Arabia, you've got major players, and Pakistan, major players that are involved in this. And I don't even know if they know, the leaders of these countries, who to trust amongst their own group. And they've got infighting, and, and they've got nuclear weapons. Um, I'm sure this is not what the, 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 the British thought about at the end of uh, World War One when they partitioned, uh, and World War II when they partitioned all of the Arabian countries into um, territories that took some sheikh's territory and gave it to another, that kind of stuff, thinking it would pre create such discord they'd never get together. But they have done, and they have done with nuclear weapons, which weren't an issue at the time. Well, at the end of World War II, they became an issue, but they're really an issue now. So 
Prince Salman, okay, he's still on my list as one of the possible antichrists, but Erdogan, Erdogan is really, you know, running first place at the moment, uh, I think. Uh, if you read, uh, oh, uh, let's see here, where have we got this? Uh, uh, I think I've got it on the side here. I don't see it yet. Yeah, right. Um, you'll see about the second row down the middle, you'll see pictures of guys with uh, a blue flag on their face with a sea or half moon and a star. And this is from uh, Walid Shabbat's uh, Shabbat, S-H-O-E-B-A-T dot com, Awareness and Action site. He's a Christian fellow, but he, he was originally Muslim. And in Muslim, the Muslims in Turkey are beating people, forcing them to take the mark of the beast, he says. And when you look at it, this mark, if you don't have that mark, show your allegiance to the, the Turkish government, uh, the Turkish crescent flag, you get beaten up, and quite badly, they say. Um, so I don't know whether this is the mark of the beast or the, the forerunner of it, but at least Erdogan, uh, you know, he's... He's taking over um, Turkey, and it's right in the middle of the east and west legs of the old Roman Empire, so a revived Roman Empire would probably include him in some structure or Turkey. Um, he's also reported in the um, oh, the Russian press and Sputnik News. Uh, he's, he said that he suspects that the attempted coups are not over, that maybe another one coming. Telegraphing the fact he's probably going to do another purge of people that have irritated him, or he doesn't want his new, you know, dictatorial state, and that's that's what it's becoming. Um, somewhere, yes, uh, third row down the middle, you'll see all these red flags with C and the star on it for you know Turkey. And if you click on that, in that article, uh, it tells about these these banners, uh, and the banners say um, that. Uh, let me just find it here that. Uh, Okay, the vast majority gathered in the sea of red Turkish flags were Erdogan supporters, some with banners reading, You are a gift from God, Erdogan. And others say, Order us to die, and we will do it, Erdogan. This this is incredible in, in this modern day and age to see this kind of fanaticism, isn't it? You know, I'd like to say no, but... <laughs> It, it's less and less surprising as each day goes by, as we see the violence that continue to increase around the world and the suicide bombings and, and the attacks on innocents. I know. This is what the the uh, manipulation has done and has created. Yeah, and, and I don't even, I mean, what has happened in the United States, what is will happen here toward now the end of the year in the election stuff, all of this is part of a global plan to take uh, control of the United States and its assets and to, you know, get rid of people that would be uh, resisting that, which would be kind of the conservative Christian Judaic uh, population. Uh, and uh, otherwise, how could you explain all the terrible, stupid mistakes that this administration and, and the Bush administration made, you know, to destroy this country? us having rights to uh, uh, intellectual property, 
protected. He didn't uh, give legislation or strength to it and enforce it to stop Chinese and, and Mexican and other countries from importing stolen technology. They would they would see something. They put up a desk, and, and Clinton allowed this in the patent office because I, I talked with them while I was trying to file a patent. And they, they have what's called the Chinese desk there. And that, that silly guy sits there, and he reads through everything. And, ah, that's a good one. We'll have that shipped it back home. And within a few weeks, they've got a better version of it on the market, boxed and on the West Coast here of the United States. So Clinton didn't protect us there. And in addition to that, he made it so that it was cheaper for businesses to run over to Mexico and China and, you know, um, uh, uh, Taiwan and places like that and, and, and Japan to do business and then uh, have their product imported back into the States. A lot of what Trump is saying he wants to get rid of is exactly what has happened. Whether he can do it, whether he will do it, who knows. But this is just so bad. <laughs> uh, it's crazy. Um, yeah, I have another little article about Erdogan. He, he didn't like this guy, Gulan, who uh, was apparently behind the first coup attempt, but Gulan lives in isolation here over in the uh, United States, uh, kind of uh, not only in isolation, but he's an outcast uh, um I forget what you call it, but anyway, he's been, like, denied entry into uh, Turkey, or he's a dead man. And Erdogan says, you know, I'm going to make uh, Gulan's house a public urinal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, this is a guy we're dealing with. Yeah, and uh, Gulan's actually, last I saw reported, he is in Pennsylvania. Uh, That's right, in self-exile. 20, 26 acres in Pennsylvania, we've uh, we, we've actually I've been there. Oh yeah, um, yeah. And, and Dr. Paul Williams um, wrote a book based on, in part, the investigation that we had done. Um, this is not. No, this is going back probably five or six years ago. So, it, very interesting dynamics. Um, Stan, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't. Tell know. me, tell me what you found out there about his compound there in Pennsylvania. What, what's the story with him? Well, I, I don't want to. Okay, I, I was at the time. Now, now this, this is going back into two thousand and six, two thousand and seven. He was running what some had said was a um, training compound. It, it was almost. It was on par with the Muslims of the Americas or Jamaat al-Fukra in that kind of, um, th that realm, in that venue where the, that the, he was actually training or at least funneling the, uh, 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 people. I, I, I don't even know what to call them, um, <laughs> through like a, a, a training camp, if you will, uh, where, 26 acres, you can hide a lot of things and put a lot of people. And uh, he was actually, at the time, I was there, and I had spoken to neighbors, and I had spoken off the record to the sheriff of that county, or the county, uh, I'm sorry, deputy sheriff of that county, who refused, who said, look, I will deny I ever said this, but um, we suspect that there is paramilitary style training going on not on a local level but for international purposes that was back in like I said 06, 07 and I had no knowledge at that time 
the role that Gulen actually was playing with Turkey or would play with Turkey here in 2016. So we're talking about 10 years ago. Um, so can, uh, in short, like a Shamat al-Fukra, Muslims of the Americas, International Quranic Institute, whatever you want to call it, um, Sheikh Mubarak Ali Jalani-style ideology to funnel fighters, paramilitary people, into or at least out of the United States into places like Turkey. And that, that's the information we have. Well, now, I don't know that that would have been against uh, Erdogan because he didn't take office president until 2014, and he's been right. kicking and you know scrapping his way to the top, uh, well, probably before 2007. But um, I don't know whether, well, I don't know. <laughs> Gulan may have known him. Um, well, he yeah, I'm not I'm not certain what the intent was, except at that time, and he's been in exile there since uh, what seventy, the late seventies maybe. I, I I don't recall off offhand, but um, or he's been he's been there for quite some time. But but clearly there was some there was some international component to the training to the the funneling of of at least men. Uh, out of the United States, and again, I, I'm saying this with with some reservation because th- there was a, there was a lot of uh, misinformation and misdirection um, that that we encountered down there. But but I still think that the guy there's something going on there in the 26 acres. I don't know what it is. You know, Gulen, um, he was uh, he supported the uh, in English the Justice and Development Party. The Adalet V, party is whatever in Turkish. It's, uh, you know, the AKP party. And, um, it was, that party, I guess, is still the largest uh, political party in, in Turkey. And, you know, it has a majority in their parliament. But, uh, Erdogan was the president of that. I don't know what uh, year he was the president of it, but, um, uh, I know that Gulen, uh, is against the uh, AKP party has been you know forever, so that might be that he's against the party and was looking at overthrowing a party that he was a member of. Um, you know, for some reason down the line, I don't know. I guess because maybe Erdogan's supporters were taking control of it. Um, uh, it's probably religious. I don't know. Uh, you know, there are two brands of Islam in the country, two major brands anyway. Anyhow, it's uh, definitely a, a problem over there, and Gulen, I, I suspect, has been long time, you know, long term, has been planning to restructure uh, Turkish politics the way that he thinks it should go. So that that does make sense when I think about it. Jay, Jay, amazing. No, th- th- thanks. Yeah, it. it th- I was surprised at the scope, and I still am surprised at the scope. When you talk about a, a rather remote, obscure, but large area in the uh, in the middle of nowhere, basically in the Pocono Mountains uh, of Pennsylvania, and how that would affect international uh, all things international, especially in, in Turkey. I mean, it, it's it's kind of um, it's interesting to me. To yeah, yeah. Well, I guess there are a lot of places. I mean, if Bigfoot can hide out somewhere, I suppose these guys could too. <laughs> I'm just being silly. Um, there's a listen. Uh, shifting gears here for a second before we get to the half hour thing. For you're taking calls at the half hour, are you? 
we didn't plan on it, Stan. Uh, oh, I, I thought that was your normal uh, thingy. Okay. Well, well, we we can. I mean, it's up to you, brother. Whatever you feel like doing. Yeah, we can do that. Um, I'd I'd plan for only thirty minutes of major news stuff here, um, so that you had time. Uh, I might run slightly over that, but anyway, um, I've got a link to a video. Uh, it's in the. Um, let me just see here in the show images page. It's in the top right hand or top left hand thing. You see a picture of the sun and the planets. It's a video worth uh, viewing. It's only nine and a half minutes long, and it it makes some points which I started checking out. And boy, you know, they're pretty amazing things here. Um, they're talking about the increase in the magnetic field of the sun. Uh, you know, I thought I kept up with things here, but I didn't realize that the magnetic field had you know increased so drastically. Uh, yeah, like 230% or something like that. Uh, uh, in the video, it does say it in print, so you can get the exact figure. Um, but uh, it also shows that uh, the moon, uh, of course the Earth, uh, the, uh, let me just see here, I can probably just get that figure. I want to get that percentage of the magnetic field change in the sun. It's the omega CI factor. Let me just, uh, not that you'd be interested in that, but anyway. Uh, here we go. Is that it? California. Okay, yeah, 230% increase in magnetic field of the sun since 1901, uh, which I, I think is probably due to the uh, the coming change. I think it's going to occur in the sun. I think it's going to be a major phase state change, as I've talked about, where uh, it will suddenly throw off a whole shell of dust and debris, of fine particle debris, but high-speed stuff that will whiz out into the solar system and affect not only Earth, but uh, the other planets as well. And um, we know that the, the moon is apparently growing an atmosphere now then of uh, what they call natrium, but that's just uh, the Greek name or Latin name for uh, sodium, like it's sodium and, and salt, sodium chloride. It's sodium, and it's leaving a trail of uh, sodium vapor behind it. So why is it now developing an atmosphere? Uh, is it because the uh, increase in the magnetic field? Is it because of certain other wavelengths of energy coming out of the sun, increasing the evaporation of, you know, uh, the sodium compounds in the surface of the moon? Um, there's there's a what they call a 6,000 kilometer. Um, that's about well, 3,600 mile, 3,700 to 4,000 mile deep layer of sodium. On uh, around the moon that wasn't there before, so that's that's a significant atmosphere, if you want to call it that. It's a cloud of sodium gas surrounding uh, the, the moon. Um, anyway, it's uh, it's in this video. If you click on that, you can see discussions on that and on uh, Venus. Uh, this was a new one for me. Venus, um, in the last forty years, has increased its brightness at the poles, you know, where the auroral displays occur, you know, magnetic fields interact with its local field, 200, sorry, 2,500%, which is mm, 25 times what it used to be 40 years ago, the brightness coming from these auroral displays on Venus. Now, of course, uh, it's the second planet uh, closest to the sun, and uh, maybe the, it's directly being like a, a canary, you know, to warn about changes in the sun itself. Uh, Mars, you've got huge storms and the ice caps there, or well, they're, they're carbon dioxide ice caps, but they're disappearing. It's got its own global warming, and that's definitely not due to, to human activity, as far as I know. <laughs> anyway, well, 
hold that thought, Stan. We're going to go to break. Folks, if you want to talk to Stan Deo, 844-769-2944. We'll be right back with Stan. Eight four four seven six nine two nine four four is the number if you want to talk with Stan. Again, eight four four seven six nine two nine four four. As we are joined with Stan Dale from standale.com each and every Tuesday at this time. And folks, if you got any questions uh, or comments or issues you want to bring up with Stan, give us a call. You, you know, folks, take advantage of this. Take advantage of this because. How often do you get to talk with Indiana Jones, a real Indiana Jones? Not too often. So I got to tell you, it's uh, to me, this is. I, I'd be dialing like my life depended on it. But uh, Stan, I want to thank you so much for for uh, being part of our our lineup here. It's uh, the information that, that you have on standio.com is just absolutely amazing, and we really appreciate it, brother. We really do. Well, thank you for that. Um, it's a pleasure to do it. Privilege too. Um, yeah. Um, before we went to the, the break, I was telling you about the changes in the solar system. I, you know, that that video, as I say, it's only nine and a half minutes long, and, and I didn't do it. But um, the, the spot facts uh, checking I've done on it does show it to be valid. You have to dig for it, but it's there. And uh, you know. To me, this indicates changes throughout the entire solar system. Obviously, everything hangs on the the, uh, the nature of the sun and the condition of the sun and the changes in the sun. It has nothing to do with cow gas or too many cars using gasoline, stuff like that, or diesel. Uh, that's a, such a minor uh, factor in the equation for what's happening to the Earth that it, it, you know to call it global warming here is just uh, it's wrong. It's just wrong. Uh, we're suffering a a complete solar system change, a, a warming due to various other frequencies of light and, and, and electromagnetic radiation coming out of the sun. And just to clarify, electromagnetic radiation um, it can be in the infrared range, which is heat, and, you know, it's a wide band, and ultraviolet, which causes things to generate heat that absorb it. And since 1992, we know that we've had at least two new major ultraviolet bands come out of the sun. There's something going on with the sun. And it's not billions of years away, as I've said many times before. Um, Jupiter has had a 200% increase in brightness of the surrounding plasma clouds around it. Large gas belts in its atmosphere have changed colors, and cloud levels in those uh, uh, bands have thickened, and some of them have even dissolved, disappeared. Saturn, the next one out, major increase in the jet stream around the equator, uh, and the, the, the speeds of them have increased in the, just the last 30 years. And around the equator, they've also had a sudden surge of X-ray emissions coming from the equator of Saturn. Uh, Uranus uh, become very bright, and uh, there's more clouds on it. Again, these are all factors which indicate that they're being warmed or you know affected to to cause warmness to come out of their their elements on their surface by the sun. Um, 
you know, I and, and uh, Uranus is is out there a ways. It's uh, you know, uh, let's see, just inside Neptune. Um, but anyway, on that video, I, I'm not selling anything, but uh, Neptune itself has uh, had a, an increase of 40 percent in its atmospheric brightness in the, in the measurement period. There, I don't know whether that's 30 years or slightly uh, longer than that, but still enough so to be reported. Um, Pluto, which was either a moon or um, we're not sure whether it's a, a rogue planet that came out of the Kuiper Belt or whatever, but uh, it had a 300% increase in atmospheric pressure. Um, and Pluto is getting farther away from the sun in its normal highly elliptic orbit. But for, for Pluto to get an increase in atmospheric pressure while it's moving farther from the sun, you would think it would decrease getting cooler. But it's picking up some kind of some bandwidth of radiation that is causing it to heat up, or there's some kind of planetary chemistry going on that we have no idea about that is causing it to um, generate more heat uh, or pressure. From, you know, the pressure I'm thinking is a direct uh, result of uh, some kind of heat activity, you know, adding energy to the atmosphere. But that might be wrong as well. I mean, I, I just assume that was what would link to it, but still, the effect is there. And we know here on Earth that we've got huge worldwide weather and geophysical changes. There's no question about that. Uh, I get emails from people. I, I, I'm looking at uh, some stuff for a guy over in uh, Asia that uh, wrote to me about, he's an American living there, wrote to me about uh, the sun rising in the, you know, at the end of the road. It didn't go there. It, it uh, rose some other place. So I've generated a map showing where the sun should have risen on that date and that time he reported and sent it off to him to see, you know, if he can uh, clarify that uh, that's what he saw, that it had moved from that position. Uh, I'm using, you know, the ephemeris that tells us where uh, the various planets and moons and everything are at any point in time, any date that uh, within the uh, the uh, sampling period that they use. But um, anyway, you know, depending on how you compare it, I mean, like in Holly's book, she talks about the increase in, um, you know, um, volcanoes and earthquakes and, and this sort of stuff and natural disasters. Uh, one study, a 30-year study from 63 to 93, showed that uh, typhoons, mudslides, tidal waves, hurricanes, that kind of stuff, had increased 410%. Now, is that number of or damaged by? I don't know, because they didn't say in this documentary. Um, but they did say that overall... And I don't know how they, well, I guess they could measure that. From 1875 to 1975, just 100 years, that overall volcanic activity has increased 500%, or like five times greater than it was in 1875. And that earthquake activity has increased 400% since 73. Now, Holly's figures are, there's graphs in her book about that, but, um, but we're all seeing these, these events and know that there is something uh, amiss, not just on Earth, but for the whole solar system. In fact, you could probably take it to the whole galaxy because, you know, I think, I'm not sure whether I put it in last week's show, but they found a dark area in the uh, um, center of our galaxy, right close to the black, supermassive black hole that forms our galaxy, you know, right at the center of it. And they found like 10,000 other black holes orbiting the supermassive black hole, which is really quite interesting when you think about it. And here CERN is trying to produce a little tiny microscopic you know, black hole. You, you think maybe they just increase the power of the telescopes and see what's happening at the center of our galaxy. Anyway, I, I, I'm yeah, being I saw clipped, it. but 
I saw an article today, you know, that says uh, scientists predicts global cooling ahead, and uh, I didn't even bother to read it. But what you're saying is it's a, it's not a global warming; it's a, it's a uh, solar system warming that we're yeah. seeing, and it's not just happening here on Earth. We got a bank full of callers, Stan, and if you're oh, ready to, okay. to one, take some right, calls, one last one last statement, then we'll go to callers. Um, Watch for reports of the orbits of planets, especially the outer planets, uh, Saturn, you know, uh, well, even Jupiter, Uranus, uh, and Pluto, uh, and Neptune. Watch them for an increase in the diameter of their orbit. I think our whole solar system is starting to expand. So is the sun. I, I believe you will see more reports of this as things change in the next few months to a year or two. Uh, so watch news reports for that. Okay, to your callers now. Sorry. All right, we got John in California. We're coming to you first. John, you're live on the Hagman and Hagman Report with Stan. John, you there? Hello, John. John, going once. Going twice. John. I'll put you back on hold, John. Yeah, do that. I I talk too long, sorry. (laughs) Let's go to Jeremy in Illinois. Jeremy, you're live with Stan Dale. Yeah, hello. Hi, Jeremy. Hello. Oh, hi there, Stan. How are you doing? Pretty good. You? Oh, fine. Doing fine. Oh, uh, I was watching the stupid ancient alien show last night, and they finally uh, picked up a theory. Uh, you guys, well, somebody was on here last year about... Uh, the moon being hollow, and uh, and there's uh, it might be a alien spaceship of some kind because, well, when Apollo 13 had blasted off and uh, that uh, lander, the lander hit the moon surface surface, it rang like a bell on the on that uh, oh earthquake. The seismometer, or whatever it's called, seismometer. Yeah. And your question? And I thought, well, you, you oh yeah, yeah, the ancient uh, astronauts—they pretty much stole it because they just—I uh, guess they're—they're they're not. Uh, they're figuring out. Uh, they can't figure out anything else, so they're stealing stuff from the. Uh, Fallen Angel uh, a crowd I was just wondering what you thought about the hollow moon theory alright now I saw that report and I watched a documentary several years back about the uh, the moon ringing like a bell for 30 minutes and longer actually on the seismometers and the only thing they could come up with, with it was that it was like a solid uh, shell around an empty core that it was a hollow ball now uh I agree. Now, as to whether it was um, uh, an alien-made or man-made or human-made of some description, hollow, you know, object to spy on Earth or use as a base, I can't comment because I don't have enough information. But I will tell you this. My developing theory of uh, what makes gravity, the illusion of gravity anyway, as motions in a fluid space, that theory calls for planets as they age to expand and create voids inside of them and it works for moons and it works for stars and for galaxies so if the moon is 
you know, relatively cool compared to the Earth because it's smaller and it's had, uh, you know, it's radiated its heat out over a great deal of time. The moon would probably have this uh, reasonably thick crust, uh, but pointing toward the center of the moon from underneath that crust would be little sharp, um, like crystalline structures pointed at the center of the moon. And this would be because, like in a geode in, in uh, geology, when the the core cools as it expands, it takes up less space as crystalline things form. And I've seen evidence of this on Mars as well, uh, near the... the um, plane where the, the face of Mars is located. Uh, there are evidences there of portions of a moon that collapse into the surface of Mars and the inside spilled out and form these pyramid or crystalline structures, which, you know, uh, the ancient alien crowd are trying to say was made by, you know, aliens and, and the face is not really the inside of a planetary moon as a chunk that fell down. It's really some kind of intelligent uh, monkey face or whatever. This is all rubbish. But anyway, I do believe that the sun could be, uh, sorry, that the moon could be um, hollow. Um, it might be hollow with a solid core down lower with a void in between. Um, but my physics, the, the, the physics I'm developing here in, in the second paper, do uh, show that shells can and probably do form as planets age and expand their diameters. Uh, mainstream science one day will catch up with us. Um, and, I can say these things, I can go out on the limb because my tenure doesn't depend on it, my salary doesn't depend on it, and I'm a thinker, and any of you out there listening who are thinkers, and I'm sure most of you are, you wouldn't be here listening tonight, you think about these things, and you'll see when I get the paper finished that um, it is quite logical for the Earth even to have void uh, shells within it um, going all the way down to the core. As it expands, these shells get bigger and shells uh, disappear and new ones form, uh, bigger, smaller, whatever. Uh, I know this is probably at least one, maybe two shells within the, the planet where you have a void. And so that gets us to the argument about, you know, do people live inside the Earth? I suppose um, if they did, they would be walking upside down to us on the, you know, their feet touching the ground, pointing, you know, their heads pointing toward the core of the planet. And the heat from the core of the planet would be their natural radiative uh, heat and light source, whatever wavelengths they could uh, live in. Uh, it might be pretty warm, and that might be a good place for hell to be, I guess, because uh, hell is a bottomless pit. And if you look at the inside of a hollow ball, and you're standing upside down on the surface of it, looking down toward the core, uh, you know, if you're inside that, that void, uh, to you, uh, it's a bottomless pit because there is no bottom. You just go through the other side. Uh, I hope that uh, kind of answers your question, Jeremy. I got carried away there, but did that do it? Yeah, thank, yeah we're going to move on, Stan. But that's very interesting to think that it would be the opposite of what the what is with the way Earth is. You know, the way we walk on the surface of Earth, and to uh, we read the Bible, it talks about things that are in the Earth that come upon the Earth. So the hollow earth theory is something I've always been interested in and uh, I'm very curious about. We're going to go next to Don in North Carolina. Don, you're live on the air with Stan Dale. Stan Dale, how you doing, man? Good, Don. You're coming through loud and clear over there. <laughs> Good. Yeah, this is Don, the guy with the ponytail. You, you've uh, Hagman and uh, the Hagman folks know me. 
Anyway, um, yeah, I'd, oh, I'd love to pick your brain on science and everything else. And uh, I first found out about you when you were uh, what, with what they call now on the Internet um, uh, any gravity for dummies. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> now, that was your lecture about anti-gravity crafts and stuff like that. Oh, that was back uh, in uh, Roswell in 2005, I think. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's called uh, it's called anti gravity for dummies now. Oh well, anyway. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, uh, I was wondering if you got my emails. Uh, I sent you a link of something that I, th- th- this is going to let me give you something a little enlightening and a little funny for now. But you used to uh, uh, several years ago. You always used to talk about um, how the Illuminati or the Illuminists would come in and say, well, you've been naughty boys and girls. Well, Daddy just stepped in a room and he has his belt in his hand. Right. Okay? Yeah. used to say that all the time. I don't know if you got my emails, but sent you a link where I said that to the commissioners here in the Socialist Republic of Orange County, North Carolina. Did you get Um, this? Don, what was your... uh Mm, let's see, I'm trying to figure out. I'll search and see if I've got the email, if it came through or got uh, uh, crashed. What was your email know, kind of address? You must, you, must, you must get so many emails, uh, you, know, you know, you just can't. I'll send you another one tonight. How's that? Okay, anyway, that's I fine. I do apologize. Uh, I, I get several no, hundred. No, I understand. You're a busy guy. <laughs> but I actually said to the Orange County Commissioners, they were, uh, they were a member of ICLEI, you know, the folks that wrote Agenda 21. Yep. Okay, and all right, well, I'll have a look at it when your, it comes in. Yeah, I borrowed your repertoire, and okay. I, uh, well, I I put my Bible on a lectern and swore an oath to the Constitution, reminded them that they they uh, uh, they did the same thing, and they ignored it, and they, they went with the Eccles. Anyway, bottom line, I said, well, you've been naughty boys and girls. Well, guess what? Playtime's over. Daddy just Daddy. stepped in a room. I whipped out my belt and I shook it at them and I said, <laughs> and "I said he's got his belt in his hand." Just <laughs> then I said, "God bless Orange County." Turned around and walked out. Well, the next day the sheriff pulled up to my house to shake my hand. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. There you go, we Don. Uh, sheriff. Yeah. <laughs> that's great to well, hear. Thanks for. Thank you. Um, We got Karen in New Jersey. We're going to next in Timon, Ohio. Karen in New Jersey, you're live with Stan Dale. Hi, Stan. How are you? Good, Karen. Good to hear from you. What's your question tonight? Well, I was wondering, it's so interesting you were talking about the heavens being stretched out, how the Bible in so many verses talks about God stretching out the heavens. It says in Job and Isaiah and Psalms and a bunch of verses about that. And I think it was Hubble that discovered that. What do you know about the universe expanding? Well, I agree. I think it's expanding. Um, I have read uh, papers on this and even philosophical papers in, say, uh, India and their ancient records which um, for the Brahmins, um, they say that Brahma sleeps for 100 million years and then he awakes. And when he uh, sleeps, the universe collapses down to a little kernel. And when he awakes, it explodes into life again. So they have what's called the oscillating uh, version of the universe, that it expands and collapses, expands and collapses. 
All I can say at this point is it is still expanding, even though evidence shows that it's starting to slow down. Now, uh, Karen, in the um, book of the Revelation, toward the end of it there, it does say that the earth and the heavens, as we know it, will pass away in a great heat. And uh, that's after the millennial reign. Um, so that fits in with at least my hypothesis or theory, if you wish, of how gravity works and how everything is expanding. And at some point in time, like a bunch of soap bubbles, the galaxies and stars and planets and stuff will just pop and break up and become little tiny pieces of dust, and then those pieces of dust will break up and become whatever the fundamental particle of the universe is. Uh, that's up to anybody's guess at this point. CERN doesn't even know that. So, and one uh, other question. Sure, Going sure. Going back to the verse in Job thirty-eight, thirty-one, it says, can you bind the chains of Pleiades or loose the cords of Orion? And wasn't it recently learned that Pleiades is a star cluster that's gravitationally bound, but Orion is loose and disintegrating due to lack of gra- gravity? Which you know, I, I didn't know that. I didn't know that, but that that uh, that sounds very plausible. It's verse uh, it's Job thirty-eight thirty-one, and it says, "Can you bind the chains of Pleiades or loose the cords of Orion?" Which is exactly what they've recently discovered about gravity—that Pleiades well, that is gravitational. That just does your Job. Job was given, you know, the correct information from God at the time. Um, right, right. Job, so everything goes back. Yeah, yeah. Look, there's a lot of stuff in that book that if, if we could just look at it with clear eyes, I think we'd discover a lot more about the universe around us than it was given. You know, when God gave Moses the Ten Commandments, he gave him more than that. He gave him a whole encyclopedia of earth and existence and why we're here. He was in two... The tablets that God had prepared for Moses up there, and they were like crystalline structures. They were holographic. They stored information in 3D uh, holograms inside of it. And we know this because in the uh, the Midrash, uh, the uh, mm, I guess you'd call it the the tales of the ancient days that the that the Jewish people read. It's not part of the canon, but anyway. Uh, they talk about when Moses broke those stones, threw them down the, the cliff down there in front of the elders, the stones broke, and the writing on it danced in the air and then disappeared, and the stones' faces were polished smooth. There was nothing there. And this is exactly what would happen if you broke a holographic crystal in the structure. Uh, it, would, it would briefly probably show fragments of what was hidden in there, and then uh, it, would, uh, it would just disappear because there was no energy to punch it out. But, uh, yeah, look, I, that's an interesting subject you brought up, uh, Karen. Really, really good stuff. Thanks for your call, Karen. We're going to move on to Tim in Ohio. Tim, mm-hmm. you're the last call for Stan. Go ahead. Hi, Stan. Uh, this is Tim. Um, my question is uh, about the electric universe. I'm sure you've heard of it, and I would like to get your view on it. And I've been trying to find verses in the scriptures. I use a King James version uh, to try to to connect all this together. Can you help hmm. me out? Well, Tim, uh, I do agree that uh, electrical phenomena do accompany what makes our universe work. These various swirling vortices that create uh, star systems and galaxies and planets and moons and stuff like that. Uh, Electric charge does play into um, their spacing in the, uh, say, in a stellar system, spacing inside of uh, the arms of a galaxy or the circles if it's a perfectly symmetrical.
upheaval, or worlds in chaos, I think it was, that, uh, you know, he was talking about, like, Venus bobbing in, uh, in in our time, our lifetime, humans' lifetime, and Venus bobbed in from an outer orbit, or as I said, an uh, interloper into our system, and occupied its current orbit. But as it passed, say, like uh, Mars, a big lightning bolt shot out between them. And uh, this is in the um, the well, the legends and myths of the ancient uh, cultures, say in, in Egypt and, and really old cultures in the Sumerian uh, documents. And I believe that could happen because the the things that make lightning or charge like that are electrons, and if you have an imbalance in them, and say like uh, Venus maybe even being a super, uh, like, uh, asteroid or comet type thing, it comes whizzing past the other planets down in close to Mars, and, of course, it's going to have uh, a lot of energy on its uh, atoms as it moves through the different magnetic and gravitational fields and electrostatic fields or electrodynamic fields of the sun. So a lightning is part of the effect, but it's not the only effect that drives everything around. Um, interestingly, Venus is uh, just about, I, I guess it's the only planet that really still rotates backwards. Normally, as planets orbit around the sun, they spin around their own axis in the same direction as they go around the sun. But Venus is upside down. Uh, I suspect it will correct itself eventually, but it, it does show that it's probably an interloper, just like uh, Velikovsky said. And, yeah, the electric universe, uh, there are a lot of electrical phenomena uh, associated with the matter that makes up everything, the, the, the sea of energy, if you wish, that we, we dwell in. There's so many mysteries. Gosh, you know, Tim, I, I look forward to having a, a good chinwag uh, with the Lord in a quiet place someday and just ask him a few thousand questions. <laughs> Don't know about you, but Absolutely. I would. Yeah. Tim, we want to thank you for your call. Stan, we got one last question from uh, the audience, and that is uh, telescopes. What is a, a good telescope uh, specs to, to just view the planets uh, in our solar system in outer space? Mm. Well, uh, there are a number of very good, high-quality telescopes, at least there have been in the past, uh, those that have uh, been manufactured overseas. You've, I think uh, German ones are better Swiss if they got those. Uh, Celestron is very good. Uh, it's hard to say what is best, but if you want high magnification and 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 uh, really high resolution, you need to have one that hooks up to your computer or its own computer, and you can dial in, I want to see this star, whatever the number of it is, and it will automatically search through the heavens to that point and uh, zoom in on it, if you wish, and then record the data in, in digital form on its computer chip, which you can then pull off and and look at it at your leisure, probably inside your home where it's warmer, because most of the nights you see good stuff, it's a bit chilly out there. Um, I would suggest maybe going to consumerreports.org. I don't know if they have a thing on the telescopes, but um, the... Yeah, it's a hard question to ask. It's very subjective. It depends on if you are uh, into computers if, or if not. I, kind of. Stan, if, if I want to see the rings of Saturn clearly, uh, would like an eight-inch... Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. It's depending on the quality of your lens and stuff. You'll see, you know, better stuff. Um, Orion makes it, Celestron makes it... Um, uh, I think if you go to skyandtelescope.com, they'll give you a rundown on uh, various telescopes. Um, 
and I don't know what what the minimum is, but uh, probably about a four inch aperture. You can see the rings. I'd, I'd get to eight though if you want to see them in detail. Uh, a four inch will let you see the major, say like a Saturn, the major inner kind of pink ring, and then the faded uh, pink gray ring around that, and the and black like void in between those two. But uh, definitely uh, an eight inch. Uh, telescope will give you a wonderful view of all the little tiny rings in between all that stuff. Um, nice. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, just right. get a good quality uh, lens on it. Uh, you, you, it uh, and I, I think if you go with the leading uh, manufacturers, they'll have pros and cons. And uh, Sky and Telescope, you'll, you'll see they've got blogs in there about, well, I like this one because it lets me do this or see that, that kind of stuff. And they have a whole section on uh, choosing telescopes, you know, uh, especially your first one if you haven't got one. Just go to, uh, right, to, to Sky and Telescope and look for how to choose. Thank you, brother. God bless Man, you, Stan. That'll do it for a, us tonight. A great show. Thank, Thank you, guys. I'll talk to you next week. All righty. Bye-bye. And we are out of here. We've left the building.